Blog Talk Radio. Know that someone's loving you 
No matter how you say it It only matters what you do Each day please take the time To tell someone that I love you That's why I had that sound effect. This is a dream come true. This is a real dream come true because I'm really, 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 really excited about what we're getting ready to do tonight. I don't think this really ever been done before, like in a public forum. It's been done like privately and people probably been doing it for years and years and years. But I know right now nobody's doing this like, oh, and it's all perfect. It's so, 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 so perfect. So this one is going to be extremely, extremely interesting, uh, extremely fun, and yes, I'm very happy. Everybody who's supposed to be my guest tonight, please press one. That's I'm going to go ahead and just talk to them first. Please press one if you know that you're a guest on the show tonight and you're in the building, okay? That, and you're going to let me... Uh, You're going to, you know, let me know that you are on and ready to do something. Okay, bam, I see some of y'all already. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 
Um, yeah, this one is getting ready to be really, really serious here. So let's go, everybody. Okay, so tonight, you know, every second and fourth Tuesday, we do um, we are doing some tometry. We've been doing some tometry, root cause radio, root cause therapeutics. You know what we are about, right? Okay. And I was like, what subject do I need to be talking about that's relevant right now? So we did an Ebola show a few weeks ago, and then they came up and did another Ebola scare recently. And I asked all of the people on my uh, social network, I said, who's afraid of Ebola? And everybody was like, not me, not me, not me, not me, not me. Hey, what problem can I solve? We already gave them a show. Our listeners are like, we're not afraid of it. So I said, okay, we we already covered that. What's next? And then I was like, you know, people were like, oh, they're playing a trick on our mental and thing, things and stuff like that. I said, mental health, mental health. You know, why, when is the last time I did a show on mental health? And then I said, you're doing a show on mental health because I have an astrology type mind. I want to help help people, but I want to use all my tools in cosmophysics and astrology. Those are in my toolbox. And I said, wait a minute, Mercury is in retrograde. Mental health. Mercury is the mental. Wait a minute, this is it. Let's combine it and put it together. I really, th- I didn't know we we're gonna have a lot of fun. I've not tried it before, like on an organized manner, but I have done this you know, on astrological shows where sometimes my guests, we would identify something in someone's natal chart or in a transiting chart, and then we say, hey, we identified it, but we can't treat it because you need to call Dr. Nardi. You need to call Dr. Winant. You need to call Dr. Abbott. So I said, let me put them in the same room together. And with technology, yay, and the Internet, yay. I got everybody in the same room. Now, I don't have everybody. I don't have my entire squad of astrologers, and I don't have all of my symptometers in the room tonight, but I do have enough that's going to make it get popping, okay? So this is what's going to happen tonight. We're going to start off with symptometry, and we're talking about the mental health aspect. And I'm just smiling because Dr. Weinig is over there rubbing her hands together like, ooh, Ooh, and yes, Dr. Weinick, you can come with the Vedic side. You can do anything you want to. You know, you got the lane tonight. So uh, we're going to start off with symptometry, and we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about some of the symptoms. We're going to talk about, like, identifying it, what you should do. And then we're going to slide over into this Mercury retrograde and the planet Mercury and a planetary influence. This might be, this isn't over your head. This is just an um, an advanced lesson. Don't think of this as over your head. You're ready for this. If you've been listening to us, you are ready for this show, okay? So this is not over your head. Um, this is right in line with everything that's going on. And if it moves too fast, just press one, and I'll bring you in, and you can say, hey, explain that for me. And then we're going to, near the end, We're going to bring some people on who want to get some free mini readings, and we're just going to look at your Mercury aspect. And we're going to see the astrologers on the panel tonight, if they see any aspects that they want to, you know, that that they feel you need to know about, then we're going to have a 
live symptometrist on the line who may say, hey, you could try this, or here's my number, you need to call me, or I just know it's going to be beautiful when we hear both these parties vibing vibing off of one another, okay? So, and it probably will go and just be really much nicer than what I even suspect myself, but it's okay because that's that's fine. That's that's exactly how I want it and envision it, and I don't have to like know everything and how it's going to end up at the end of the day. All right, so uh, let's get started. First off, we're going to bring in my numero uno panelist tonight. She's been off a couple of weeks. We've been we've been missing her, you know, m- missing her presence. And she shot me an email and said, Coach, what's happening? I'm trying to get down and be on the show, but something's going on with the communications and we're missing each other. Now, this Mercury retrograde, the shadow, well, you know, it started coming around since September the 14th and it's going to be lasting until November the 21st. Uh, it's going to be seen, appearing to go backwards up until October the 26th, I think, or the 24th, and that's the most intense time. So even us as symptometrists, we have miscommunications, and we're going to talk about those aspects tonight. But I got to put, please put your hands together for my friend and yours, uh, certified symptometrist, a doctor in functional medicine for well over 25 years. She's only 26 years old, though. You know, she's been doing this since she was one. Uh, she's just a fabulous, fabulous person. She's based out of Greensboro, North Carolina. She has a marvelous site if you want to just go by there. It's worth the trip, even if you're in Asheville or Wilmington, to drive all the way to Greensboro, North Carolina, to see my first panelist from Sometimetry represent her own lineage. She's just a great person. Please put your hands together for Dr. Elizabeth Weinick. It's awesome, baby. Dr. Winey, welcome Hello. to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> That's quite an introduction. I'm not, I'm not sure I'll be able to live up to that, but I'll certainly oh. try. Oh, no, 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 no. I got you. I got you. Don't even, don't even worry. Don't even worry. So um, I think you can. Don't worry. I, 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 I wouldn't. So... Did did you hear what I'm trying to attempt to do tonight? What do you th- just, just just tell me first about I'm trying to do a symptometry and astrology show around mental health and Mercury retrograde and put it all right. together where people can get some solutions and have the light bulb go off. What do you even think about me attempting something as crazy as this? Well, ultimately, I think everyone's in in their own way trying to make sense of their life and figure this all out and and put put an order to things that are seemingly chaotic and fundamentally that's what symptometry is is doing it's it's uh putting order to uh the science of cell nourishment and and astrology is is trying to to make order and put things in um sequence uh, based on the science of mathematics and geometry and um uh it's all it's all just a, a revealing and uncovering of the incredible 
organization and the, the incredible intelligence that is guiding this so that when we look <laughs> from the perspective of both astrology and symptometry, then it, it's just a way to, to I think, get, get more solid and, and, and more un, with more understanding there's more solidity and there's less uncertainty, there's less fear, there's just more of an understanding of how all this stuff works. And I think that's why people are drawn to either thing. People are drawn to symptometry because at a very deep level it, it makes sense. And people are drawn to astrology because at a very deep level people resonate with it. Because they know inside of themselves that there are things that they recognize uh, about themselves and how they work that are cyclical and move and and um, and so yeah, it's just it's a way to try to understand this even more deeply. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Now, which one you personally? Which one were you introduced to first, medicine or astrology? Medicine. I didn't okay. learn, yeah. I didn't learn about about astrology until I was, gosh, in my late forties. Uh, Doctor Weinig, I told everybody you were twenty six. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I forgot. <laughs> well, I look twenty six. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You had me fooled. I'm just I'm just going off of what I thought. I don't ask your age, but anyway, everybody, she looks twenty six. So now, that's. A lot of doctors do the bah humbug when you say something about astrology. What what made you different that you didn't say bah humbug when astrology came across your plate? Can you give us a quick version of how astrology came well, across your plate and what made it stick to you because you're analytical? What made it stick when you first, you know, realized it? Well, because just just like I said, I mean, I recognize in my own life, there was there there was there were things happening that were part of how I worked, and um, I was learning um, about uh, a meditative practice, and the best way I can say it, I was just I was just getting information from various different places and especially with Vedic astrology I love this this story that um within everyone there there are energies there are energies of who we know ourselves to be and that's the sun the sun is placed right in the middle of the chart um and it's it's ruled by by Leo or it's it's uh, it, it's right in the middle of the chart and then we have a way that we feel about ourselves. So the moon sits next to the sun um, in Cancer. It's ruled by Cancer. And so the moon reflects back to us who we are. And then on the either side of, of uh, the sun and the moon is Mercury. Uh, how we then communicate to others or even within ourselves um, what we are, and so it just goes on down the line. Venus 
Venus is then on sitting on the on either side of Mercury. Um, how we how we relate in our relationships, and then um, our our fame and our fortune in Jupiter, and then I call it our perfect parent in Saturn. So we all have these energies in ourselves that we recognize, and so then as I was learning this. Um, then I understood that this is all based on mathematics and science. It's it's a science based endeavor, and I found that fascinating. That that scientists back in whatever um, the, the different Upanishads and the the, the, the different um, t- times in um, in in the Vedas. I mean, this is this is hundreds of thousands of years ago. So it doesn't really even have a date, but that people understood this and saw that there was a connection, a mathematical correlation. Even the yin and yang symbol, this was derived from having a pole that was set up at some predetermined location and then marking the position of the sun and how many hours a day the sun was out and how many hours a day the moon was out. And so that was plotted on a, a, a circular graph and the yin and yang signals, sorry, symbol, is is a mathematical symbol for for day and night, and how the the sun is in a in a different place for a different amount of time during a 365 day year. So it it really is all it's all science. It's, it's mathematics. So that's what um, I guess drew me to even want to study more about it. And I'm really not an expert, but I definitely have a I have a um uh, um I have a desire to know, know more about it. Oh well then you're in for a treat tonight because I have I mean I'm just quite I don't I mean if I want to use a low level word I say I'm really lucky to be surrounded by People who are, I feel, much smarter than me or much talent, or they bring such additional talents that I don't have. It's like we're all helping to take care of the workload, and the workload is understanding ourselves. So tonight is going to be, like, fabulous. And, oh, you're just going to have fun because you get me, you get Dr. Nardi. Then I'm going to introduce these these other people coming in talking about, you know, the mercury and the influence. And so our audience will be well-educated, be able to make more informed decisions, understand that it is very scientific and, um, you know, have, it, to me, it all goes back to optimal wellness. And then the formula for health, this is why I'm going to bring Dr. Nardi in. Y'all get ready to put your hands together because I'm just going to bring him in. Uh, frequent, d- timing, dosage, and frequency. So when you say timing and frequency, you are talking about the planets, even though we're talking about particulates. Like, when should you take your particulate? There's a timing to take the particulates to do certain things. And then there's a dosage that you should take. How much should you get? And then there's a frequency. How much of it should you have with the timing? So just even before I go further on that, y'all put your hands together for my friend and yours, the founder of Symptometry, Dr. Maxwell North. It's awesome, baby. Dr. Nardi, good evening. Thanks for calling in tonight. How you feeling? 
I'm nervous because I got so many I got so many superstars coming to the house tonight, Doctor Nard. It's, 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 we got so many superstars coming. It's just I'm just a little nervous right now. I may talk fast, so if you need me to breathe or something, you might have to remind the coach to breathe and relax because I'm real excited right now about the possibilities what we're going to be talking about tonight. I know you've been listening in so far. What do you think about my attempts to do something? this creative or this crazy tonight to talk about all the vibrations of healing with the aspect that symptometry brings to the table and 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 uh, uh addressing mental health issues and then bringing in astrology particularly the planet mercury that has dominions over thoughts and 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 is in a period of retrograde right now what do you think about just the ideal of putting all this together well Welcome to the theater of dead devils. So <laughs> that is all I can say because uh, you know you are trying to embrace the whole universe, and uh, that is that is the impression I got when you when uh, when you you started off with uh, that introduction. So I said, well, it looks like uh, you are not only broadening your horizon. But uh, you are really uh, attempting to to do the impossible. So mm. if you have, that is that is what I saw. And uh, at the end of your effort, everything will come together and everything will be explained. So that was how I best understood your effort. Mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know me very well. I don't know about the theater of daredevils. I may have to use that in a book somewhere or in a show or something, but yes. And I'm bringing my audience with me. I'm not, it's not any good if I just run to the top of the mountain. I want other people to have freedom and liberation and good health and, 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 and understanding and overstanding like I do. So like I was telling Dr. Weinick, just, you know, it's going to be fun tonight. I'm going to make sure that it's fun and this is going to be really, really positive. Okay, so I'm going to jump right in. And like you said, I'm going to start dissecting first. So I want to talk about the aspect of mental health. Um, have you done some, because, I mean, we got people doing random shootings out here. We got people uh, 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 doing a lot of things where people are like, why do they do that? I don't understand and then you say that person may need to be psychic, psych, psychiatrically evaluated. Have you done some research on mental health? And can you just give me a little background on some of the, you know, uh, things that are in mental health, like anxiety, depression, so on and so forth, suicidal thoughts? Can you can you give me some of the background of what you studied with mental uh, with mental health in the symptometry field? Well, I started a long time ago, and uh, my 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 lead was Dr. Twila, who researched uh, the root cause of mental health in France and Germany, and then discovered that uh, they, because they were eating rye 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 bread, um, the the nobility who was not eating rye bread, the generals in the army and all that, they did not eat rye bread. To them, rye bread was for the poor and the downtrodden, and they did not have mental illness. Only the poor people were having mental illness. 
So uh, Dr. Trilla was the one who decided to research uh, the root cause of mental illness in these two countries and discovered that rye was the biggest problem. Now, he dived, he went deeper, and then some microbiologists finally were able to isolate uh, um, the, 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 the fungus called uh, Claviceps purpurea, and it was this that finally helped them to find uh, to, to, to determine that this fungus that is heat resistant uh, was responsible for producing a toxin that uh, disrupts the electrical pathways in a person's brain. Eventually, that was how this thing was uh, uh, settled. So we got to know the root cause of uh, mental health. And secondly, um, the electrical pathways that, also, that were all scrambled just by the toxin of a heat-resistant fungus. So, so what I did was, I said, well, wait a minute, all right, okay. There are some people who do not eat rye bread and uh, who are mentally ill. What do you mean by mentally ill? All right, you hear voices. You know, I, I, I went a little bit further to distinguish people who have mental oddities from people who have uh, mental illness. Uh, there are people who have mental oddities who uh, they go to work, you know, they pay their rent on time, they pay their mortgage and all that. You know, they, they, they appear to be very nice in the neighborhood. But in the comfort of their home, uh, they are very wild. They are very violent. You know, they are intolerant of uh, diverse opinion and all that. So these are mental oddities. And then as far as mental illness is concerned, these are people who are a threat to themselves and a threat to, to, to their loved ones and a threat to their community. So these people have to be, restra- have to be restrained and uh, they, somebody has to keep an eye on them. On them. So that's the difference between mental illness and mental oddities that uh, I did in my research. So these are people who don't eat banana with, uh, with, uh, with these brown spots on them, full of claviceps purpurea. These are people who don't eat rye bread. Nevertheless, they still have a mental derangement. They hear voices. Uh, they are very delusional. Uh, these are these are people you can categorize as uh, people being mentally ill. So this is where um, I, it took me, and then I went on again another step to find out what can be done to prevent mental illness. As a symptometrist, I discovered that people who don't produce enzymes that speed up the production of the uh, uh, the brain essentials. Uh, will either suffer from mental oddities or from mental illness. You know, so, so what do we do now to prevent all this? Because as symptometrists, we are solution finders and problem solvers. We are result oriented. So we can't just we, we do not just theorize and then leave the theory. Uh, 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 by, I mean, to, to to be by itself. We have to do something about it. So we had to come up with um, a way to help prevent mental illness. So that's how we came. We, that's, what, that's what we did with uh, scientific eating. 
and scientific living. So this is uh, what I came up with my research and what what we are doing about it so that uh, we don't just leave the problem up in the air. We have to find a solution. Thank you. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I want to, okay, what I want to do now is, let me see if I have one of my astrologers on the line, and I wanted to bring in uh, a close friend of mine who is one of the co-founders of the International Society of Black Astrologers. And this group is just funny that this group um, just was like established uh, maybe about two weeks ago, if, 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 if it's been two weeks. And I just wanted <laughs> to bring someone in to uh, discuss some of the aspects of and even introduce uh, medical astrology. So I know I have Brother Samuel Reynolds is on the line. Let me, I, this may be his line right here. Caller from the 347. Uh, your mic is wide open. Is this Sam? Yes. What's going on, Brother Reynolds? How you feeling tonight? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I appreciate you for coming on here and joining us. Uh, Sam, I talked to you earlier today and, um, you know, told you a little bit about the show and what we wanted to do tonight. And Dr. Nardi was just explaining, you know, mental health and his research and some of his findings. Can I'd like for you to start bridging the gap. And could you give me a little bit, some people don't even know that there's something called medical astrology. Could you give me a little background? Maybe you could start with your background. I know, I'm not sure that's one of your fortes, but I know that you're a very well-rounded astrologer. Could you maybe give us a little background about yourself uh, how you came into studying astrology, and then lead into what is medical astrology? Well, I started um, my foray into astrology with a reading that was dynamite in Philadelphia, and uh, but I didn't believe it or believe in it, so I spent the next 10 years seeking to disbelieve it, uh, disprove astrology. And um, so... I call astrology my my glorious failure in terms of how I I have not disproven astrology. So <laughs> it 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 more so disproved what I had been thinking about the world. And uh so among the things that I have realized in my studies and understanding this whole world of astrology is that in terms of medical astrology it taps into holistic models of wellness that many of our ancestors had in different cultures about what that really what what constitutes real wellness because one of the the deep things about modern medicine is that it doesn't have a theory of wellness it only has theories of illness and astrology goes with the presupposition that you can look at a chart to find out what are the unique needs of of a particular person and some of that was modeled on ideas that we find in ancient Egypt in Greece um for instance the whole idea of the humors or the temperaments so astrology be, can be used as a way of finding someone's particular temperament and by virtue of that then you can have a model for what be right with this person and also what might be wrong when something does go wrong or something is off so, for instance, if you have a person who's very melancholic 
or who we might describe as cold and dry in the traditional sense, needing some measure of isolation, uh, they may suffer from too much isolation and may need more of the hot and wet elements, either sociability or particular kinds of herbs or particular kinds of drink that they may have to partake in order to get more toward wellness. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, one of the, I think, um, in some tree we kind of use um, the word imbalance, much like the Taoists, you know, like you, because some of these things we have inherited through our gene pool, we call it a genetic cocktail. And the genetic cocktail has been passed down, you know, from generation to generation to generation, as well as everything that we've added on to it ourselves, certain tendencies. Um, and so that is one of the things why we, why I feel that astrology is such a strong component of looking at the root instead of going and treat. And a lot of people try to today's medicine wants to treat the treat the symptom. And all they do is relocate the symptom, but they never get to the actual root. And I think that even in the days of old, the old school astrology, um, they may not have had the scientific knowledge of cell nurturing to put it all together. But I think we've reached a point in um, this Aquarian age where all of the information, the scientific and the astrological field and the spiritual, all of that is coming together. What do you feel about that? Um, that makes sense. Okay, okay, okay. Um, one of the um, – okay, so wait a minute. Now i got to go back over to Dr. Wynick. Dr. Wynick, you study Vedic astrology, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Samuel, do you study Vedic or are you a, uh, or, or you I'm a, a traditional a Western? Western astrologer? All right, all right, all right. And we're all getting along. We're all getting along. And um, I wanted to... Uh, yeah, that's it. I just, I didn't mean, I, didn't, I know that sounded intense, <laughs> but that's not what I meant at all. Oh, no, no, no. I was just joking. I was just joking. I was just joking. So oh. um, I wanted to um, hear about, I'd like for you to describe the planet Mercury from a Western sense, and then I'd like Dr. Weinick to describe it from a Vedic sense. So could you just give me a few words about... When you're looking at a person's charts, and um, and what story does Mercury tell for you? Mercury describes what, um, first of all, in terms of the rulerships associated with Gemini and Virgo, and what planets inhabit that. And then by virtue of analyzing that quality, um, I look at Mercury as whether he can deliver anything related to that person's, um, in terms of speed, how that person processes information, how that person relates to the world through um, being able to speak or speak on particular things, how they basically, you know, for instance, like with a Mercury retrograde in a chart, that describes how that person may have a way of processing or understanding the world that goes in a different way than the people around him or her. Um, Either they may speak slower at, at some particular point, or speak faster, or speak differently. Um, so those are particular issues that I pay attention to. Um, I don't necessarily use that as an assessment toward mental illness or those particular things, but that's one of the ideas I look at. Mm, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Dr. Weinick. 
Can you give me, uh, from a Vedic perspective or your personal experiences, uh, what does the planet Mercury, uh, what does it give to you when you look at it or when you see it in a chart? Well, I mean, in, whether it's Vedic or sidereal Placidus uh, astrology, Mercury is is still the planet of communication. It's it's how it's how a person either communicates with others or communicates within themselves. And because it's it's a matter of perspective. See, the Vedic astrology, the um, uh, the signs are fixed, and effectively the 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 earth or the the solar system is moving through the signs and in placidus it's it's, it's the other perspective that the um uh, the person i call it the the individual is is on the earth and basically the one that is um it, it's just the opposite the, uh, the 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 person is fixed and the planets are moving around the person so either way mercury is still about how a person communicates but it's less about um the person's personality but more how they are moving through their life and the different influences that different signs have on a given person depending on where they are in their life as they move through the different um the different signs. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have another uh I'm told you I'm I got an all star lineup. I got to bring him off the bench too. Uh this is my big brother in Chicago uh, minister Jew with uh, my astrology coach and hiphopastrology.com. Y'all put your hands together for Minister Jew, please. It's awesome, baby! Minister Jew is a Gemini, just similar to Dr. Nardi. And uh, I said, I, I got to have, you know, a root cause cat representing. I can't just have one Gemini. They just, I'm the twins, so I had to have two Geminis in the building. So, uh, and this brother talks, uh, has a whole program about mental visualization and and looking at uh, the aspects of, of Mercury. And I told him I was going to give him the floor tonight. Drew, you've been on since the beginning. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing great, man. How you feel? Peace to the panel, everybody on the radio. What's going on? Hello, hello, Jerry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up, Nardi? How you doing, man? Oh, fine, fine, fine. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Drew, you've been listening in, man. Jump in, man. I know you got something. Cause I know you got dinner on the table. So I got to get you in quick, and I got to get Sam in real quick, because y'all got dinner going on at the same time. So let me know what you've been picking up and what and what jewel you want to drop on me right here from the Gemini perspective of Mercury. Well, man, uh, the, the previous uh, comments were pretty square, right on point, man. Um, you know, when you're dealing with the planet Mercury, you you know, I, I love to get the people the keywords for the new people who are, who may be listening. You know, Mercury is the planet that deals with your reasoning ability. Uh, it's very opinionated, uh, which can cause it to be argumentative sometimes. Um, a lot of nervous energy. 
uh, all these type of things, you know, any type of speaking engagements, anything where it's dealing with some form of communication and or travel, you know what I mean? So um, if we talk in retrograde, which the planet is in at this particular moment, um, we have to look to Gemini and to Virgo because these are the two signs that uh, are, uh, the planet is actually uh, in rulership of. Um, so for all of you out there that have Gemini partners, Virgo partners, um, you know, take it kind of easy on them. You know, they could be kind of jammed up around this time, the way that they're delivering their their message. You know what I mean? Um, and then we have to look at the sign, too, that the planet is actually going through this retrograde motion in. And uh, it's happening in the uh, zodiac sign of Libra. And Libra is dealing with, uh, you know, justice, the court system, um, relationships, all kind of partnerships, marriages, um, you know, the people, shall we say. So um, when we see that, you know, because everybody has Libra in a different location in their chart, you know, it's 12 different locales that you um, can have this particular energy uh, inside of your natal chart. So depending upon where it's at, it will play out a little different, you know what I mean, because each area has a different, um, uh, how can I say, has a different output on how your life unfolds, you know what I mean? But generally speaking, when we're just dealing with the zodiac sign, Libra, and you're dealing with a retrograde because Mercury is going back in time, going back in motion, uh, reanalyzing because Mercury also is analyzing because it rules Virgo, and sometimes they can be overanalyzing. So um, this is a time for you to go back, uh, revisit the things that are going on in your partnerships, in your marriages, you know what I mean, um, your significant other, you know what I mean. This is a uh, a real good time for those who are married or, you know, you, you, you might feel like the passion may be dying. This is a good time to go renew your vows, you know what I mean, things of that nature. Um, you know, put on your old wedding footage at this time. You know, because Venus is approaching, too, at 18 degrees Libra, coming up on this retrograde Mercury. So um, these are the things that you enjoy, the, the, the you know, the things that brings you pleasure, appreciation, your finances, and it also can represent the feminine energy in your life. So all of these things have to be taken into consideration when we're looking at this Mercury retrograde. And, then of course, it may be aspecting other planets in your chart, but we have to look at it to really, really understand uh, what's going on for the individual person. But just looking at it collectively for what the zodiac sign represents and the planet in and of itself, uh, these are some of the things that you, you know, you can kind of look forward to, you know. So, um, I mean, that's pretty much how I see the retrograde um, in totality. And, you, and you'll see these things a lot of times play out in the news cycle as well. Um, you know, like, a lot of people having marital issues. Um, I mm. saw yesterday Tiny and T.I., uh, she had to issue a statement about their marriage yesterday. Uh, Paula Patton came out a couple of days ago and said she's filing for divorce from Robin Thicke. Um, and it's a, it was another one in the new cycle, too. Oh, Wiz and Amber, that whole thing. So uh, people, are, people are looking, uh, they're looking back at their relationships, they're trying to reanalyze what's going on inside of this partnership that I have. Is it worth my time? 
Um, am I reasoning the right way when I'm thinking about these things? So we just have to be mindful of that and uh, try to make the best decisions that we can during the retrograde and, and mainly move a little slower in your decision-making. Take a little bit more time because Mercury is very rapid. Um, it's moving really, really fast. You know what I mean? It's always on the go, a lot of nervous energy. So when this planet goes retro uh, at this time, you know, just take your time. Move a little slower. Make sure all your T's are crossing, your I's are dotted, and uh, you should come out of this thing okay. And, and, and sometimes it's not always a negative thing either because it gives you an opportunity to go back and, um, you know, just reevaluate uh, just some of the decisions that you made and make sure that things are a little bit more tighter. So the retrograde in a lot of cases can bring forth uh, 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 positive aspects in your life just by going back to make sure that you got everything covered, all your squares are covered. So it's not always a bad thing. However, you do see the communication errors that happen. Technology runs a little slower. You find yourself having all these brain farts. You, your texting is all out of control. All these little things happen, but... That's part of the uh, the retrograde motion, you know. So that's pretty much how I see it, Coach. Okay. Uh, before you go, I want you to real quick, before I go back to Sam and Dr. Nardi, uh, tell us a little bit about this visualization program that you teach over at MyAstrologyCoach.com as far as uh, why you came up with that and, like, you know, where people can find it at. Oh, man, uh, real quick, man, the, the visualization, how, how I came up with it was just through study, man, and getting into the unseen world, uh, using astrology as a base to take me to the next plateau. But uh, visualization is part of your imagination, and my stance is there's nothing in this world that's ever been created from the hands of a man that did not first come out of his imagination. I don't care what it is, life stand. TV, refrigerator, fish tank, chair you're sitting in, the pen that you write, I don't care what it is, it first manifested in the imagination of a man or a woman. So that is the superior force inside of us as human beings. This is what connects us back to the source that we call the creator. So inside of visualization, when you understand and you know the functions of it, you can take it to another level and be able to manifest things using a fourth-dimensional model that supersedes the 3D world because the 4D world deals with events, time, and space. And that's the things that you want to happen in your life. You need events to take place in order for you to get to your next level of growth and development. So that's how I came about uh, the science. And this week we're going to be down in Atlanta where you at Coach Man. I'll be down there to see you, brother, in a few days. We're having a billion-dollar manifestation tour. We're going to be dealing with some of that science that I just talked about in conjunction with astrology because it's a very beneficent star, big star called Spike in the heavens right around this time that denotes success and, and prosperity and fame and fortune and these type of things. So we're going to be going in on that. Anybody interested, visit the website, myastrologycoach.com. Click on events and scroll down to retreats, and you'll be able to see it there if you're trying to last-minute meet us over in Atlanta if you're already in the area because we do have an option for that. So... That's pretty much it in a nutshell, Coach. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Can they, uh, that visualization program, can they find that over at My Astrology Coach, too? Yeah, we're working on the, the uh, workbook now. It's called The Mystic's Brain, Anatomy 101, and we're going to have mm-hmm. an e-course, and we also going to have, um, uh, we got uh, some software from neurologists that actually help you improve your cognitive skills. Uh, primarily, we're going to be dealing with the hippocampus because that's what actually deals with 
actually imagination and visualization for the most part. So, yes, th- that will be available uh, in about the next 20, 25 days because we got to put it into production. So they can visit the website. It will be there uh, to stay abreast with us, and you'll be able to find it over at MyAstrologyCoach.com. It's awesome, baby! All right, Drew, I appreciate you for coming through, big man. I'm going to talk to you shortly. All right, Coach, appreciate it. All right. Sam, I got to get it back to you because you told me you were only going to be here for a limited time. Um, I wanted to shoot one of the questions to you that I had already. Somebody had texted me um, was, I want to talk about aspects, and I want you to get it started. What are some of the aspects that a person may look for in their chart for post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, like, let's say, I'm going to just throw one at you, Sam. If you see somebody's uh, Mercury is squaring their Neptune, what does that say to you as far as aspect-wise in someone's natal chart? That they may be creative. Okay, 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 okay. What are some of the aspects that you would, if you had a child, and um, or like if you had a friend who came to you who may be schizophrenic, what's what's a schizophrenic aspect or a paranoia aspect in a person's chart? Well, I, you know the the thing that I'm resisting is talking about you know pathologies in one unique way that is completely revelatory in a chart. I think one has to look at the overall tone of the chart from what's happening with the rising sign, with the sun sign, the moon signs, and then also the rulerships related to that. So to say like a Mercury-Neptune square would denote some aspect of mental illness without the context of the chart only leads to error. So if I saw a preponderance of evidence that suggested that this particular person often was confused or kind of mixed realities, so for instance, if they had a moon-Neptune square along with the Mercury square, um, to Neptune, compounded with also Jupiter, which is also a traditional and profound significator for kind of blowing things out of proportion. That's where I might craft, like, okay, we might be dealing with some aspects of, quote-unquote, mental illness. So I think in general, for the for the tutored mind in astrology, it's very important to be able to contextualize it so that you don't look at one particular aspect, say like, oh, you have a Mars-Uranus square, and then by virtue of that, say it's schizophrenic. That can be a significator for that. Um, I was just talking to, you know, I think Dana Lynn is going to come on and talk about her notions on astrology and, and also in terms of mental illness. And we were talking about Mars placements. A lot of people don't recognize that Mars can also signify depression. Um, that's something that's also been lost. So particular issues related to Mars um, can also signify that. So that could be like a sun square to Mars, or it could be Mars square to the ascendant. And I know there's some people who are not as advanced in astrology and may not be able to follow these, these particular terms, like the ascendant and what it means by the square, with it being 90 degrees. But I think that's very important to couch it that way so that we don't start looking at people's charts to pathologize them. Because, you know, you might look at someone's Mars Pluto square and like, oh, you got trouble with anger, brother. <laughs> and and that may not be it. It could be like power shortages that this person experiences by virtue of having a Mars-Pluto square that's testified by other things in the chart. So that's mm-hmm. that's probably how I would answer it. 
hey, I definitely can appreciate you come at it more like a strategy. That's one of the reasons why I brought you on. As Dr. Nardi says, I'm bringing out my uh, the, the 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 theater of daredevils tonight. Someone, you know, for some for <laughs> us to like put this together and explain it in a way that people will be able to, like I said, break it down from from high level to eye level. I always, I also wanted to bring you on and Jew and Dana, and I even have some more people coming on as well as Dr. Nardi. So people can say, I'm not, I, I shouldn't feel distraught. There's someone out here who can interpret these things for me and I can do the work and, and not like throw me under the bus and be like, yeah, man, I said, you got these anger issues and things like that. So mm-hmm. could you, um, could you let people know where they can follow your blog or how they could get in contact with you? What's your website? Because, you know, you're a guy that, man, I, I follow and, you know, keep up with what you're doing and, and really trust you to give me just like I could almost call it. Now, you're very professional, but you still keep it. You, you As I say, you keep it like on a homeboy level. You talk to me in levels that I can understand, even though I'm a little further along in my studies. And I've seen you talk to a room full of beginners about astrology and everybody understood. So uh, I wanted you to be able to let people know how they could get in contact with Samuel Reynolds and uh, get a consultation with you if they if they so see fit. First of all, thank you, Coach. That was very kind. I appreciate that. Because um, that's really what I strive to do, which is to make sure that astrology stays relatable. Um, some parts of it may be a struggle for people, and that's why it requires study, but other parts should be accessible. And that's what I do on my site, which is unlock astrology.com so that's all one word unlock astrology.com but one of the things I also wanted to talk about is is the creation of something that I've done with Dana Lynn um, out of Chicago and it's called the International Society of Black Astrologers right now it is a group on Facebook we do have aspirations for it to become much more and um, you can find this on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash black astrologers, all one word. So, um, again, we are the International Society of Black Astrologers. Uh, Do check us out. We're a growing number of astrologers. It is exclusively for black people, to be clear, (laughs) um, for it. And so we want to cultivate that sort of awareness within our community and beyond. Uh, If people want to reach me, they can reach me at unlockastrology at gmail.com or directly on this site at unlockastrology.com. Now, now you know, someone may be listening who's never heard the show, and, you know, and they'll say, wait a minute, that seems kind of reverse racism. You're starting an astrology group that's only for for black people. You know, what's up with mm-hmm. that, man? So could you, uh, could you, like, explain your reasoning behind why you, you know what I'm saying, why you, as an astrologer, who will take a consultation from a, a European or Asian or Spanish person orient, but you have a group only for black astrologers? Well, I think there are all kinds of astrology groups already in existence to support different communities, whether it's the queer community or to support the astrology and the African-American community now or um in terms of Vedic astrology, to support that kind of idea. So I don't think this is anything that's unprecedented in the world of astrology. But one of the main reasons why we have an exclusively black group in astrology is because, or for astrology, 
is that I just came from an astrology conference, a, a major international one out in Phoenix, Arizona, and there were no black women in attendance of that conference. And there were maybe three or four black men in attendance. So this is a corrective measure of not only um, acknowledging the influence and impact of astrology in African-American communities, but to extend that influence. And we can't dilute it with people who don't know our community. Mm, so it's not it's not a it's a really more of a teaching mechanism because some people are more comfortable with uh, certain people. Like you may have. Right. I mean, yeah, there's no one who should feel that by virtue of us creating an organization like that, that they have no other place to go. It'd be one thing if the International Society for Astrological Research, on which I am a board member, would exclude people that's supposed to be open, regardless of um, their gender bias or race or anything like that. But we're talking about an organization dedicated to a particular population. So it's not that we're closing anyone's doors as much as opening doors for ourselves. Mm. All right, Sam. I definitely appreciate you for joining us tonight. You can stay on as long as you want, but I know you had, you know, you uh, you had a small window of time, and then I yeah. do have Dana on the line, and I still got to get well, back I mean, to Dana. Yeah, I want to I want to hear Dana a little bit. You know, our co-founder. So I, okay. I may mute myself a little bit, but um, but thank you for having me on, and I really do appreciate you doing the work that you're doing and reaching out to the astrologers who who are on now. Um, you know, uh, I give them support. Salams to them, and thank you for having me. No problem, big brother. Thank you. All right, peace. It's awesome, baby! Dr. Nardi, I don't want you to get cold feet over there. I got to bring you back in and keep you warm. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm enjoying it. I, I mean, hey, I, I love it. <laughs> uh, one of the, no, but when I heard the word uh, hippocampus area and creativity and some of the things that we discuss in symptometry is if we can clean the blood up, if we can clean the blood up and we can get the mind to have fresh neurons and feed it correctly and and then we can communicate better and we can have, you know, we're fighting mental illness no matter what. If people think the wrong things, maybe racism is a mental illness or separatism is a mental illness and cleansing the blood and going to the root cause of things and nurturing cells and some of these words that you've heard tonight, you know, I I, 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 I want to check back in to let you know I got these daredevils now. But um, what do you feel about uh, some of the aspects that you have noticed, you know, the brother just said you have to look at the whole person. You can't, you have to look at the whole chart, not just, you know, one aspect. What are some of the aspects that you have seen from the symptometry angle that creates phobia, anxiety, grief, panic, shame, depression, things like that? What are, what are some of the root causes of these mental oddities? Yes. Um, again, um, as uh, uh, someone was talking, and as uh, Minister Gio was also talking, uh, I was jotting down a few. I was I was taking down a few notes, and then I was uh, I was trying to expand what I was re- what I was writing, 
in order to have a better understanding of other situations that I currently have, even in symptometry. You see, um, a, a woman will not have seizures throughout the whole month, but her seizure will come on when there is a full moon. Mm. You see, this is this is where I come in. I make connections, but I leave astrology to people like Dr. Wanek, so that they use the experience to enrich symptometry. You know, we are here to enrich our thoughts, our philosophies. A woman is will, will be fine from the from the from the first of the month all the way until when the moon is one quarter or half, well, it's okay. But when it is round, like a quarter, round, 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 this woman will have about eight seizures a day. What is the connection? Mm. I would like this astrologist to dig, to, to dig deep and deep and deep and establish a connection so that this will make therapeutics very easy. <laughs> you see? So I'm not letting them off the hook. I want them <laughs> to go back to the drawing board and work hard so that many people will be able to find answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Number two. What is the connection between the tapeworm and the full moon? Mm. What is the connection? We would like to know. When the person is bloated, abnormally bloated during the full moon, and is very gassy and gassy and gassy, and tapeworms are, are wrestling in the person's abdomen. What is the connection between the moon and the tapeworm? What is the connection between the moon and the tide? Mm. What is the connection? There is an influence of planets on humans, on microorganisms, on parasites. There is an influence. There is an influence of the the gas planets on humans. I don't take anything for granted. So as I was listening to them, I said, well, that is very good. I would like them to have an additional assignment (laughs) to work hard in order to lift mankind, help come and join symptometry. We are coming from this angle, they are coming from that angle, and let us pull, let us put our our efforts together in order to lift mankind. The different aspects that we are talking about, we are talking about the whole person. The whole person. You have people talking about health. They are, they, say they claim they are healthy just because they are not they are not taking something for headache. Another person thinks he or she is healthy because uh, they are not on a stretcher, you know, on a hospital. Look at the way they are defining health. 
It should be the totality of every aspect. Mm. It should be the totality. You are looking at energy. We are energy fields. We are looking at electromagnetic fields. You are looking at electricity. Every aspect, that is what I mean by the totality. And you have to be healthy from January 1st to December 31st. <laughs> year after year, decade after decade. So it's not an easy task. We are here to play our part. Let astrologers also come and play their part. And we will have a great fiesta sometime. Mm. Mm. Thank you. This is a dream come true. I got to ask you this question. I got some more daredevils. I ain't even finished, and I got more daredevils. Uh, I got to bring Dana's coming on next. But, Dr. Nardi, two questions. One is, what, no, do you I think, think. I think, I think your, 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 your voice is a, bit, is a bit too low for me, please. Can you hear me now? Is this better? Hello? Oh, it's much, Hello? much better, much better, yes. Do you think that the deterioration of society's health, especially here in America on a whole, could be related to the modern-day way that people treat disease and leaving out the aspect of astrology and other influences uh, is contributing to why we're having such bad health and outbreak of diseases in the United States and abroad. I have studied this long time ago. I blame this on fragmentation. <laughs> I blame this on fragmentation. You have this person is an expert. This person is an expert on viruses. Another one is an expert on bacteria. Another one is an expert on, the, uh, on mold. Another one is an expert on flukes. Uh, what is this? Can't you have a well-versed person on microbiology so that it covers every aspect of microbes, another one on parasitology to cover every aspect of all the uh, parasites and then the saprophytes. And all. Can't you have just one? But you must have a small cubicle here, another cubicle there, and then this one has the, their staff, they have their bureaucracy, and all that, and then eventually everybody is being bombarded with, with, with all kinds of writings that don't make sense. This is the downfall of the human race. <laughs> Fragmentation is the downfall of the human race. I am here enjoying astrologers talking, and this takes me back to the University of Timbuktu. That predates Harvard University. <laughs> and UCLA. <laughs> huh? The University of Timbuktu. This professor, the one who had the, pro who had the problem with uh, a police officer, and they had a beard. They had a BS summit at the White House. That professor in Harvard, what's his name? Uh, do you know the professor I'm talking about? Absolutely not. Sure don't. Uh, there's a professor in Harvard who who had a, who had a shenanigan with a police officer, 
and then the, uh, President Obama, when he was when he was uh, he, not too long after he was inaugurated, he, he invited them for a beer summit. Uh, okay, what I'm saying is this: this professor went through the length and breadth of West Africa and discovered the the ruins of the University of Timbuktu. This was the center of learning. And the Nubians went there to study. The Egyptians went there to study. Why can't we put all these things together so that we have a fountain of knowledge instead of 10,000 fountains of tiny, tiny pieces of knowledge? Mm. So the, the root cause of the mental deterioration throughout the whole world is the fragmentation. Ow. Ouch. Okay, and then the last the last piece, well, I got to ask you this because these next two people I'm going to bring on, I know they're going to spark more things and you're going to be wanting to take more notes. And Dr. Weinick, I ain't forgot about you neither because I know you're over there taking notes too. But there was a question, uh, uh, Minister Jew said, I just want to hear your commentary on this. No, matter of fact, let me go to Dr. Weinick. Dr. Weinick, Minister Jew said, there is nothing created in this world that did not first start in the imagination of a human being. Give me, give me some feedback on you as a scientist, you as a, a scientist in functional medicine and symptometry, a life scientist, a symptometrist. You know, what's your thoughts on, on just those words as how because tonight, you know, remember the conversations about mercury and mental health. If a person is creating chaos in their minds, and isn't it going to lead more into chaos in their bodies as well, and their living situations, and their level of health and prosperity? Well, I have a little bit different experience of it. Maybe it's like I was saying, there's a difference between, it's a difference in perspective, but but in becoming more clear and in recognizing um, the stillness and, and Dr. Nardi has talked with this talked about this on other shows, but in recognizing that there is is movement, but there's also there's also space between the movement. That my experience is is that things show up that um that it's I don't know how to say this, except that the imagination is something that is living me, it's breathing me, it's moving through me, and it's it's um revealing itself through me and i'm i'm not I'm not making it happen, so it's a matter of perspective, but I think from a from a scientific standpoint, the more a person can, I'm getting some feedback. I don't know if that's me or someone else. Um, the more a person can connect with the intelligence of the cells by nourishing the cells optimally, then the more and more clear a person becomes about what this is and and how things are happening. So I I I I 
yes, I agree that the imagination is an extremely important aspect of this because nothing nothing does happen without that. But for me, it's more of a revelation, and and not a it's not a creation from from the little me part of what is. It's it's coming from the 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 bigger part of of what we're talking about here and that's the um from the realm of all possibility there's there's something in quantum physics called the quantum plenum and what that means it means the fullness of all that is that there is no no thing that does not exist it's just that in linear time space in that four dimensions that we've also discussed tonight that no thing can be present, or I should say, only one thing can be present in any given space and time. So it's a matter of perspective, and that we all, at some level, ha- have an understanding of this. And and so it's a matter of how clear are we on what this life is that we're living. So I hope I hope I was able to explain that a little bit. It's such a subjective experience that it's hard sometimes to language. Hey, I love it. That means you own it. That's that's the best that's the best part right there. You know you gotta get a round of applause. For that. And the hits just keep on coming. All right, let me get over here to this other daredevil I got in the building. This is also one of the co founders for the International Society of Black uh astrologers. Uh, she was one of the brainchilds along with Sam. She's been listening since the beginning of the show. Please put your hands together for Miss Dana Lynn. It's awesome, baby! Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. Yay, thank you for joining us tonight. What's going on? You've been listening in. I'm going to just give you the court. You can just take the ball, and I know you got something to say. <laughs> something. Some feedback. Talk oh, well, I'm really excited to participate in, in this conversation tonight. And I'd like to pass some kudos on to Sam for sharing with everybody uh, the wonderful organization, if I may so humbly say, the wonderful organization that uh, we started called the International Society of Black Astrologers. And if you hear mommy in the background, that's my two-year-old trying to get in on what I'm doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, we're talking about mental illness and mercury and, and, and from the astrological perspective. What is it that we're also talking about? Just refresh me. We kind of deviated a bit from that. Well, no, I mean, you, we can go right back to that. Like, how do you – I just give you a fresh question. When you look at uh, mercury in a chart, you know, um, what does it say to you? What are some of the things that Sam said, uh, some of the aspects you look for, for maybe even a sharp mind? Since Sam said maybe you know that you have to look at the totality of the chart, and Dr. Nardi said don't 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 have fragmentation and just look at one aspect. You have to look at the entire thing. Uh, what are some of the things that stand out to you um, when you strategically look at a chart or look at Mercury, or even right now with Mercury in retrograde, like even tonight, Mercury's in the sixth house, which is health, and we're talking about mental health. Mercury's mental, the sixth house is health. There's no coincidence that that's how the show you know, fell at this moment. So uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on this 
this uh, mercury retrograde and how it influences people's mental health, high or low. I think that it's important to talk about um, mercury retrograde and any any planetary retrograde within the context of a larger cycle. So, again, when we're talking about fragmentation, this is one of the places where astrologers as well as pop culture is guilty of fragmentating what really is um, a normal phenomenon and something that it's easy to look at from here on earth and see it as something that may be um, malefic or something that may be disruptive. But if we're looking at the larger cycle, Mercury going retrograde three to four times a year is the exact same thing as the sun moving through Libra to Scorpio to Sagittarius to Capricorn. So this is a natural and normal part of its cycle that um, I think that we give – just a little bit too much negative connotation to, rather than placing it within the larger context. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm hearing feedback. I don't know what that is. But rather than placing oh, that, it into the larger context of um, of what's actually going on. So that was, that was a standing ovation. That wasn't feedback. That was a standing ovation. <laughs> That's a standing ovation. I had I had to put my hands together because so many people when they hear Mercury retrograde. They go crazy. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I call those astrologers who fragment like that, I call them, I, I call them barbershop astrologers. You know, they're not looking at the totality. You know, they just want to have a conversation. They want people to come to their blog and read it. And they're using scare tactics like the old preacher did in, you know, in a religious dogmatic setting. And we don't use uh, astrology as a dogmatic situation. So, Please continue. Please continue. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. Like, I think that there is some observable phenomenon that occurs during Mercury retrograde, but I think it's more of a reflection that from where we are on Earth, sometimes Mercury is moving faster, sometimes it's moving at the same pace, and sometimes it's moving slower. And if we're talking about Mercury reflecting anything about our mental process, we can relate to that. We can see that even when Mercury is going direct, there are days when we're clear-headed, when we're perceptive, and we communicate with ease, and then there's days when we feel foggy and we feel like we can't think straight and we probably just need to go home and go to bed. Um, but with particular <laughs> focus on, on Mercury and it being retrograde, I think the important thing to remember is, is this idea of reverence. You know, um, the ancients, especially the Egyptians, they looked at all of these things that we call planets as gods, and not in the sense of Jesus Christ on the Holy Cross. I'm talking about gods as in um, what we can associate as having rulership or dominion over particular aspects of our lives, and then being able to give reverence or honor and recognizing that um, this particular function of our bodies or this area of our lives is being governed by something larger than us. So Mercury retrograde, we can see in our mental faculties, and Sam had mentioned um, traditional astrology. He's a traditional Western astrology, and astrologer, excuse me. And in traditional astrology, Mercury rules all of the mathematicians. Uh, Mercury actually rules astrologers um, in astrological rulership. And so I think that in Mercury retrograde, it's an important time to give reverence meaning to honor the cycles um, and to be aware of 
be self-aware of a particular flow of energy, in this case being mental energy or the energy of perception. Oh, man. You you see, I have, now I got to piggyback a little bit. Um, sure. One of the one of the things that you said that sparked my mental, we're talking about Mercury today, um, I want to get my commentary before I bring Marku on, is that it's it's as natural as the sun coming up every morning. Now, we know that the sun doesn't rise and set, but we know that the uh, that appearance is very natural. And so I think people do a lot of overreacting by something that is very normal. It just doesn't happen every it doesn't happen every month. It doesn't happen every week. It does last six months. Mercury moves very fast. So the influence of this retrograde, which is a threefold influence. I want to talk about retrograde for a second. Retrograde is a threefold influence, and I call it the time to be thorough. All the words that start with R-E, retrograde is with R-E. Revisit, review, respect. Uh, redo. All of these words are critical, and that's what this energy is giving you three or four times a year. So if you have if, if you have this particular uh, influence that is saying, "Hey, I'm going to let you slow things down. I'm going to give you a not only a calculated but a predictable delay when you shouldn't be moving as fast." So you can slow down and make sure everything is safe in your dealings, in the things that you are uh, participating in. And you know it's coming. I did this, uh, Dr. Nardi. I told somebody the other day, I said, if you're getting upset with the Mercury retrograde, you might as well be getting upset with your menses. Like a female knows that her menses is coming every month. Well, then if we were living in the totality, if our universities taught about full universal information, then you would know that, okay, Mercury retrograde is going to be coming these three times this year. Let me be prepared. You know, like if a woman knows her menses is coming, she's going to have physical, I mean, personal hygiene products readily available. When I know that Mercury retrograde is coming and I know that I better watch what I say, then I'm going to have even a little extra personal restraint around how, how I react to things when people talk to me. One of the main things, this is a this, this here's a remedy everybody from September the 14th, 2014 all the way till November the 21st, this I mean November 21st, 2014, breathe an extra breath before you answer someone. Because the mind is kind of moving kind of fast, but it's moving backwards. Or it feels like there's this energy that, you, that you're that you moonwalking and you've seen something already and you want to say something really quick, but it may be inappropriate. You may say something and be like, oh, my God, that was the truth, but that's not how I want to form it. And maybe if I would have took an extra second or five seconds to breathe or relax or look at the look at what may happen from me saying what I'm going to say. Because not only is this a period of saying things that could get you jammed up or get you in trouble, but it's a time of misunderstanding. You may tell somebody 1422 is your address, and they may think you said uh, 1242. And they'll be like, I'm right in front of your house. And you'll be like, no, you're not right in front of my house. I stay at 1422. And they say, no, you said 1242. And it's the same numbers. And you did say 1422, and now here's an argument because... 
this retrograde, people are maybe on the edge and they are um, wanting to move forward faster than normal. Or they may want to move at the same speed that they're normally going and nobody told them that somebody was going to put their car in reverse. You're just driving down the street and just an invisible hand just puts your car in reverse. That's kind of, that could be a little upsetting for people. And if you don't look down to realize your car is in reverse, you may hit the throttle and try to go faster. But guess what? Now that the car is in reverse and you hit the throttle to go faster, it's going to make the car move backwards faster. <laughs> so then you're going to be creating even more drama. So slow down. Everybody just slow down a little bit and use this time to revisit and rethink and reevaluate some things in your life, in your conversation, as Drew said, in your relationships, because this is happening in Libra. So those are some of the keys that uh, Dana mentally uh, brought out to me uh, when she was talking. So thank you very much for that, Dana. I appreciate it. Um, could you give me a small quickie, like just give me your end, because I got to move on. I got another daredevil on the line tonight. Can you? I got two more daredevils I got to bring on. Can you give me just uh, your feelings about the international society of, let's talk about the mental conditioning, because one of the things Sam said, when we look at African Americans, uh, they're on the bottom of a lot of the wrong type of statistics. Uh, uh, prison, divorce, uh, going to jail, violent crimes against one another. To me, any type of crime is uh, or violent crime is a mental illness, but to have there's always been uh, differences between tribes. So you've had uh, Scottish fighting uh, 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 Asians, or you've had different tribes from Africa fighting other tribes in Africa, or you may have had countries fighting other countries, Germans fighting Americans or Japanese. But when you have something inside of a country, an African-American killing an, another African-American senselessly in the streets, like of what appears to be nothing, We've got some type of uh, mental illness going on with that. Can you talk about how we, inside the International Society of Black Astrologies, hope to bring about some form of cure by introducing astrology as one of the as a viable solution to correcting those behaviors? Well, you know, first off, I just want to be careful about. Um, using the term mental illness really loosely. And I've, I, I thought about this while I was hearing the other presenters speak. And um, I think when we talk about mental illness, we're talking about two things. We're talking about a physiologically observable phenomenon, which is, you know, where are um, different sections of the brain developed or underdeveloped or functioning in a way that is averse to what is called normal. But, um, in general, what we're really talking about is a person who is maladapted to society in some way that we define as being maladapted. So there were time periods where people who practiced tarot or who practiced astrology even were deemed mentally ill or possessed or all of these things that we would define as um, mental illness now. So I do kind of want to be careful there. I also want to be careful in um, maybe um, – saying that black people killing other black people is something unique, whereas um, white people kill other white people too. But it's not um, a good story 
for the media to talk about that, to say white on white crime, black on black crime, when we say that, it really is sounding like, oh, that's crime and violence over there that does not affect or is not a part of my community, so I don't have to think about it and I don't have to worry about it. And in addition, I can develop these negative opinions of black people because obviously they're inherently violent when in reality, you know, black people are not um, enforcing war all over the country, all over the world, should I say. So I do want to be careful there, but I, to get more to your question, um, I think something that's really important for me personally in joining with Sam and starting ISBA is that there are a lot of people who have an interest in astrology um, and other occult practices um, that are kind of in the closet. And so I think that it's really important to have a safe space as well as a space with um, some other people who are learning and other people who may be more seasoned. Um, in their studies of astrology or other occult practices, to have this safe space. Um, you know, I, I have an astrology practice, and I can't tell you how many times I get, quote, secret inboxes from people who are curious about astrology, but because of their religious upbringing or even their religious, current religious beliefs, they feel guilty or they feel like this is something that they should not be able to participate in. But as we all know, astrology has something to offer um, that's very powerful, which, which, in my opinion, the most powerful thing about astrology is aligning yourself with cycles. Um, clock time, as I was reading from a guy, John Frawley, who's a traditional astrologer from the UK, clock time is the very way that we are controlled. Clock time is an outgrowth of the Industrial Revolution and having to go work for other people. So I think that it's important that we... Um, give people an opportunity to adapt themselves to some tools and learn some tools that will be beneficial in a very basic way. You don't have to give some long drawn out psychological profile or predict powerful to be able to say that, um, you know, uh, this cycle of Saturn and this cycle of Jupiter, for example, may be indicating a particular something that you need to be aware of, or the moon is full or the moon is new or the moon is balsamic, whatever it is. These are powerful tools that um, not only black people can benefit from, all people can benefit from, but I do think that black people have a, a stronger aversion to astrology. And if they were to see other black people um, studying and learning and benefiting from this art and this science, it would do a great deal of good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I totally agree. Uh, I really like what you said about creating a safe space. Because uh, I- um, uh, it, uh, this um, uh, coach, I would like to ask uh, Dana a question, if you, if you wouldn't mind. Oh yes, please. Um, astrology was taught at the University of Timbuktu. It was very popular on black soil. Why have blacks turned away? Ooh, Ooh that's a really really loaded question. Um, I can't speak for black people outside of America because I'm not necessarily familiar with their unique cultural circumstances. But I mean, just speaking as black, speaking about black people who are descendants of slaves in America, um, death was the punishment for speaking your own language, singing your own songs, practicing your own religion, honoring your own deities, or even practicing your own art. So um, in some ways, assimilation was a survival mechanism. 
And so in that process across generations, we've lost the connection to some things that have been a large part of our culture and spirituality for thousands upon thousands of years. Um, I mean, I'm sure you, you, you know what it is that I'm saying. This is not quite novel information, um, but that's definitely one of the reasons. And just coming from a person who has grown up in a, I won't say religious, but definitely um, a church-going family. Um, I mean, I guess I can call it religious in general terms, in a religious family. I mean, you are outright taught that astrology is, 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 as it was told to me on a couple occasions by church clergy, it's an abomination to God. So this idea of fear of what is not known or understood on a wide variety of levels is what keeps people away from it. I would like to caveat and say that I don't take lightly the idea of of a person being well-versed in astrology. And the reason that I say that is because astrology is a very, 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 very powerful tool. And if you don't have the integrity and the rightness of mind and spirit to use it, it can be a destructive tool. So it's called a cult for a reason, meaning hidden. It's hidden knowledge. And if you in in uh, in most cultures where there's a shamanic shamanic tradition, in mm-hmm. order to have cult knowledge, you have to go through some rites of passage or some transformative experience. Um, and even if you were to to visit an astrologer or a shaman or whoever in ancient cultures, you would have to bring some type of sacrifice, which shows that you are willing to give something in return for this really sacred and deep knowledge. So I don't take that for granted, and I don't take for granted also that, that that's just something that we've lost touch with for a myriad of reasons that I've explained, hopefully clearly. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dana. Uh, You're Sam is still on the line. Sam, you want to get him? Come on, man. You got to get a little piece of that question right there, too. Now, I think that was a good one. I want to hear your response on that. Sam, are you still on the line? Well, if he he he, he may have muted I, out. How do you know I'm still on the line? Come on, man. <laughs> I, I, yes, I, I'm I on got, the line. Can you hear me? I got, I got Neptune at 29 degrees Scorpio, man. I see in the dark. I'll see you in the dark. My son is at 29 degrees Scorpio. Look at that. I, I think Dana answered it brilliantly. I, I The one thing I would kind of go on, go along and say is that I, we also lost some measure of the control of knowledge, of um, especially in terms of the esoteric arts, uh, when we had it as the Moors, and we lost some measure of that um in, in a shift of power that happened in the mid-millennium. So to kind of go back to what the professor asked about, uh, especially from Timbuktu, uh, because one of my spiritual teachers actually is from Timbuktu, and uh, so he has great reverence for astrology, even though he's an imam and um, many people who follow him would not follow astrology but it's also the clear recognition that we went into almost like a darker period after the collapse of more civilization in uh, the mid-millennium. Mm. So so that's that another was- aspect of it. Everything that Dana said, especially as we talk about the Americas, because we were also disenfranchised from knowing particular aspects of our ourselves, of our heritage, our language, culture practices, all those different dimensions of ourselves were distanced. 
And so yes, now, some uh, I'm not taking the wind out of your sail. I um, general terms about blacks, even in Africa, who are not in contact or are not pursuing astrology at all. Right. Well, the cataclysm of what happened with the collapse of even more civilization directly also affected West Africa for sure. And so it, it, it is something that I think bespeaks throughout the black world, which is why we are the international society of black astrologers, because we have a vision of that reaching from the Americas to Africa to where we can find us in Australia to where we can find us in Siberia, all the way down to Patagonia. And that's what I, we have to do. I, 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 Dr. Nardi, that was an excellent question. Sam, that was... That was an amazing uh, build, and um, just when he started talking about vision of bringing it back, uh, Ra Aku always says uh, when we had when we had astrology in elementary school, we built pyramids, and then when astrology was removed from the schools or from our educational system, we got moved into projects, you know, and that's just talking about the levels of our, what I would call mental health, since Dana corrected me and says, don't call it mental illness. So when we were very, very healthy mentally and we were dealing with uh, a lot of higher sciences, then we we produced it externally. You know, as Drew said, our creativity and our imagination was at a very high level, and then, we, and then it reflected that in such. And then once it was taken, you know, or once it was, lost or or the interest was not there anymore and her point exactly she didn't push the envelope but it's my show i'm gonna push the envelope a little more and i'm gonna say <laughs> i'm gonna say christianity because it was beaten out of you because colonization the colonization of these countries that had their systems as she said astrology's bit off of systems that all of a sudden ripped out the basic fundamental fabrics of with something that we have been doing culturally, culturally for millennium. I'm not going to put a year. I'm going to put millennium, and it was beaten out of us. I'm not going to say robbed. I'm not going to say robbed because it's still in our genetics. It's still in our DNA. And anyone who's come from this black soil, we know that the oldest, you know, that that, that is the oldest gene, uh, uh, genealogical reference here. So it's, it, it, it's there but uh, there's definitely certain distractions, religious distractions, and that even show up in the form of the music that we listen to that even some of us call hip-hop and the media and so on and so forth. But um, I would say the number one corporate was religion. Because remember, before Christopher Columbus left Spain in 1492, Spain, the, the Moors were ruling Spain for eight centuries from 711 A.D. until 1492, and there were round globes of this of, and, and, and sciences and maps of the stars in Spain that were brought across the Straits of, um, of the, the Straits of Gibraltar from West Africa. So the Moors and Fez and Morocco already had this science. It had migrated from Alexandria to the west. It had migrated up the Nile River from uh, uh, from the uh, in between the blue and the white Niles. If somebody want to get a reference, you could do uh, Anthony Browder's 
African African contributions to now valid contributions to civilization. And just look at the just things follow water. Things follow water. So it had migrated. So um once once the colonization following the Roman Empire uh, um the uh, the Pope and what was going on with Spain and the British, you know, there was a there was a actual factual strategy to push that down. And I got the correct Daredevil getting ready to come on next. This is one of my personal mentors. He has called me early in the morning, six o'clock, and give me a pop quiz. Like Dr. Nardi, how you be doing, Dr. Abbott, with pop quizzes. This brother called me six o'clock. I'll be asleep. He'd be like, What's rising? What what's what sign is rising right now? Don't turn your computer on. Tell me right now and make me do it in my head. So it'll be first nature. I want y'all to please put your hands together for my main man, Marku Amun. It's awesome, baby. Marku, thanks for holding on tonight. How you doing? How you doing this evening? Marku. Peace to the God. Peace, peace, peace. How you feeling tonight? Man, I'm feeling with my central nervous system as always. Doing good. <laughs> he said he's feeling with his central nervous system, Dr. Narda. You see do you hear that? You see, you see what I have to go through? He said he's feeling with his central nervous system. He didn't lie though, did he? He didn't lie. He is feeling with his central nervous system. Mark Marku, you've been listening to this conversation. I'm gonna just let you jump in on this last question, uh about how did, how do you feel? I now I don't want to get too far off the subject. I want to come back to Mercury, but I want you to take this because you're a historian. Historically, how do you feel that blacks may have gotten away from the study or the interest in astrology as a science and a cultural piece. Okay, say that a little bit slower, man, because that's heavy heavy mental right there. I said... Dr. Nardi, would you repeat the question for him, please? Okay. Uh, What? uh, Mark, how are you? I'm doing good. Peace, brother. Okay, thank you. What I'm saying is, we know that the University of Timbuktu has been the center of knowledge for thousands of years. And today, Timbuktu is there in northern Mali. It was, I mean, people went there to study astrology, to study different charts. And they study the cycles, they study the shapes, forms, parallelism, sunrise, sunset, days and nights, planets, influences, and so on and so forth. It was bustling with activity, academic activity. Here is my question. Why is it that black have lost touch with astrology and all the greatness of all these things that were done on African soil. It's not only blacks from the United States of America. No, even blacks from Africa. I am originally from Ghana. Mm. I never heard the word astrology, maybe because I was too sick even to, to, to hear the word astrology, I don't know. 
I never heard the word astrology when I was in primary school, in elementary school, when I was in Gabon, when I was in Cameroon, when I was in Kutira, Guinea. I never heard the word astrology. Mm-hmm. Here is my question. Why? I got you, doctor. I got Thank you, doctor. You, I see you. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, you dig a deep... Uh, you know, I like to go with the heavens, I'll say, you know, because the heavens are where we see the sunrise, the sunset. We see these different uh, stars, these certain lights. We see these things in the sky, and we're like, oh, well, maybe they are just, uh, you know, maybe they're just glories of God, however the case may be. But the truth in the matter is, just like you say that, you didn't hear of astrology. You didn't hear of none of these things. You heard of your ancestors or your uncle or your aunt or your grandmother or your grandfather or your grandfather's grandfather's uncle or cousin. You know, they shared because it was, it was a national thing, a national thing. It was something that you woke up to, you know, every day. You know, the sun is here. We do this tradition. We do this. We... We we celebrate this, we eat this type of food, we eat this type of herb. It's different over here. You know, we're dealing with all these different mental health situations, scenarios. We have the TV. We have uh, the, the pressure from the job. We have this, we have that. You know, so the mental health is not only the food. It's not only the food that we eat. You know, you can see, because in this country over here, you're not going to get a routine where, like a Taoist, where every day you're waking up at the same time and you're doing the same thing and you're doing the same function. You know, it requires a little bit more energy. You know, thus we're in the age of Aquarius, which is the age of knowing. has nothing to do with laziness, but in the Libra season you might experience that. But when it comes to mental health, it has a lot to do with how you incorporate your thinking because you can eat all the healthy foods that you want. If your thinking is, oh, I'm not doing that good, I'm, you know, misery on myself and things of this nature, I've been constantly, for the past couple of days, I've been resurrecting the uh, lawful aspect within myself of looking at the law of the heavens and how I am a grand cosmic man, because that's all we really have. You know, is finding out who you are. You know, so in short, before uh, I want to answer that question in total, and that question answer can be, um, you know, the knowledge of self, you know, to know thyself. Because when I wake up, or sometimes even as an astrologer, I say, you know, okay, I'm going through this situation, boom, 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 what should I do? And I go right back to what's rising. <clears throat> Let me act in accordance to the heavens, not because any other reason than the simple fact that things happen in cycles and I'm just having respect for the math of the cycle. You know, so there's a lot of remedies that people give and they want to share them to people and act like everybody's the same. But really, they're just aids in your experience here on this planet or any other dimension that you choose to be in so that you can get in alignment with yourself. You know, there might be people 
born on the same day, they can be completely different people to some aspects. A lot of things may be similar. The point in me saying that is, is that we need to start looking at ourselves. Like there's so much group activity going on in the age of Aquarius here that we've got going on, and people are feeling pressured from all these different areas. You know, they're pulling on all these chakras. So at the same time that we're eating these foods, we need to go in and see what this food is doing specifically to the body. You know, because it's a temple. <laughs> we're building pyramids here. You know, and this is what our ancestors did. And I'm not talking about 1400. I'm talking about before then. I'm talking about when we first started. Or they, or whatever the case may be. Um, I hope I've answered the question. If I can still be heard. Oh, yes. Peace. This this is this is this is good. This is good because uh, you have you have tied a few loose ends uh, pretty 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 brilliantly. So uh, thank you very much. Okay. Um, I you know I so I also really I also pardon me. I didn't mean to. Um, I also wanted to emphasize the moment because I am so into the moment at the time. Uh, studying the science of mathematics and astrology and whatnot. And it's so important to pay attention to the cycle that the moon is in, or at least the sign that the moon is in, because this thing happens right in front of your face if you have the time, or even if you don't have the time to pay attention to these things. So anything that we've talked about tonight, I've heard some things and I've missed some things. But I want to say that the moon being in cancer shows the stomach so it has to do with your feelings. So any remedy that anybody has given anybody tonight, the base of that situation is the instincts. You know, because we are a type of people where we feel, which is cancer, instinctually, which is cancer, <laughs> to see the amount. We don't have measuring cups. We or they or circumstances that have arrived. And there was a passed down measurement in mathematics. So the point in me saying that is that sometimes we have to go with our inner self to see what it is in accordance to our stomach because our stomach communicates with us and we get this first from the mother principle. Okay? So um, that's my piece. I feel um, I should be quiet and humble myself and ready for the next question. All right. I appreciate it. I want to just add on a piece because both of y'all um, I thought you were going to go this way, and then I leaned in, and you went your way, and so now I just want to just contribute a little bit. Um, I want to look at it astrologically, why I feel that some, um, why uh, blacks may not be um, attributed or interested in astrology, because we don't have the same zodiac positions. The planet's when Timbuktu was the center of knowledge and even moving up to Alexandria, we were in a different era. We were in a different era of who were the highest level of caretakers on the planet. And it is in my in my opinion, my personal opinion, if it means anything, that we have to take turns in being caretakers of the planet. And at that time, the originators of 
who were bringing this message down to the planet, as Dr. Nardi says, came from black soil. But I don't think that the responsibility laid with them forever because the heavens are never in the same position forever. The only thing that is constant in the universe is change. You know, Dr. Nardi, in your study of symptometry, uh, I remember when I first started studying with you, you said I could I could cook my tomatoes, you know, and I could I I could you know uh, heat up my garlic, and now two years later you're saying leave the tomatoes alone and leave the garlic alone, you know, and 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 so there's always going to be an evolution. The universe is forever desiring to create and to be creative, and things are changing as one thing passes away, which could even be dominion. Dominion or 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 in a in a place of rulership or caretaker, some have been more nurturing in their caretaking, but we all know that there's also been forms of brutality and slavery and bondage as well um, and that, that is exactly that is exactly where I wanted to where I wanted to come in um in order to in order to to reconquer the heights of greatness of mankind throughout the whole world. Uh, it is only through mental health, you know, it's only through mental health that you'll be able to achieve this objective. Mm. All this is, have not gone anywhere. All this greatness has not gone anywhere. They are in our genes. Respect, they respect, are in respect. our genes. So <laughs> if you make, if you, if you make, the environment conducive to the expression of these genes, all this greatness will come back. I have a question, Baba. Baba. Yes, I'm listening, yes. The question is, is do you know your mercurial degree? No, that is what I live. I live as I said it earlier. Uh, maybe you were not you were not uh, here with us. I said I defer to all all, all questions to uh, Dr. Wanek and uh, 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 Coach Kair and uh, Raku and everybody. That is that that is that is your field. No, I don't know it, so let me know what it is. Well, you already know your mercurial degree. The point in me saying that was not to uh, see if you knew your degree or not, but my point is is that what people need to comprehend in their mental health and with their eating is that whether they try to or not try to, the planetary energy and vibration is already insistent. And is already manifesting. We are working with the ancestors. So if you choose not to go with your own biorhythm or circadian rhythm, according to how the sun rises with what you eat, you know, then you may not reach the highest outcome in your mental health. That is heavily dependent on the placement of mercury and Neptune or the aspect there too that's one aspect of it you know to seeing mental health whether there's some confusion or where the confusion is at this is where most people find 
their circumstance because the food that we eat when we watch the TV programs is easily digestible. I know we've already spoke about that this evening, so I'm not going to run over it. However, um, the mercurial degree is very important. How we speak, how we communicate, as far as the foods that we connect to and we vibrate, we resonate, the colors that we wear with the food that we eat, the music that we listen to with the food that we eat, how we go to work with the food that we eat. We can make a song with it, but that's another show. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's my piece. Well, I am into I am into solving problems. That is that is that is that is my profession. I don't look at a problem and then theorize and leave it there. I want to see results. The situation is. If we do not do something about mental health in different homes, in different communities, in different churches, in different places of worship, we will have ourselves to blame. So we have to learn to put theories into practice so that we get results. The mercurial influence is there. What do you do to nourish your brain and eat scientifically so that you begin to produce results? We cannot just leave things and then blame everything on mercury. What, what, is, what, is, what is our role? We are going to be influenced by mercury. Yes. But up to what point? Will this influence stop so that we are in charge of our destiny? And also, Baba, we also have the the aspect, like you say, that's very, very good. I like that a lot as far as the aspects of the mind because everyone needs to know straight up and you've heard it already that we live in a area or an environment, United States of America, that's filled with deception. So you have to pay attention to the mind and your thinking in accordance with your eating. You know, that's mandatory, like uh, almost to a degree of guerrilla warfare. I don't want to say that, but I do at the same time. And the moon last left Gemini, so I'm going with that, with Castor and Pollux. Uh, the point of me saying that is that the left hemisphere of the brain and the right hemisphere of the brain and the foods that we eat and how we are to use both of them in oneness. You know, because I've seen... You know, through the media and the cottage community and whatnot, sometimes people tend to weigh heavy on one side or the other side of the brain. And the foods are one of the most core areas of that. You know, so in our thinking... So now do you understand why time has to be set? Time has to be spent in the laboratory 
to deconstruct the foods in order to find out what will enhance our intellectual capability more than others? Mm. <laughs> the only way the only way to know that is by knowledge of self. You know, in Egypt, even though it, you know, many say, Oh, it didn't come from Egypt, uh, I'm going back, 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 back. You know, I'm I'm going into the time in which it came from the forest to the hard line when we realized that the zero degree equator line was the hardest part of the earth and we decided to build after the twa. You know, so uh, this is where I come from, and uh, you know we have to look at this in its core, and its core to be able to determine where we are now. Because the whole idea of knowledge of self, you know that it was on the pyramidic. Imagine waking up every morning and seeing this. Okay, take care of yourself. Wake up in the morning, six o'clock. Take care of yourself. Wake up in the morning, 6 o'clock, take care of yourself. Wake up in the morning. You don't get that today. You have the ability to turn the TV on. You can watch Jerry Springer. It's going to be the first thing that you choose to watch, if you choose to watch this thing. Right? And you're going to watch that. And that feeds you. That's food to you. That's food. You know, some people are challenged with the idea they have to wake up every morning and hear auntie no, girl, you ain't get out. You ain't done. That's food that you're forcefully being forced to eat. So the reason for me going back and forth to modern to ancient is that we have to see where we come from. Because sometimes where we come from, we're already eating food. We're already programmed to eat a certain type of food. This is the reason for the spiritual aspect incorporation with the food that we eat. Even I. And knowing um, your mercury. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I'm, I was just going to let you know that uh, his mercury is at 29 degrees Taurus. Oh. So almost in the Gemini. So the information when he was one years old. He started talking and walking early. You see, and the reason for it is good that you pull up that information because it shows that the people even on the line can be shown and proved through nature in itself. Like everything works out so beautifully. All you have to do is look and see. Degree. At the anoretic degree. Constantly thinking about what he came out of the womb, thinking about how he can secure things <laughs> to an utmost degree. Then goes then goes into Mercury, you know, probably helping his brothers and his sisters, you know, because when he was one years old, it turned into brothers or sisters. So it was brothers or sisters or cousins that raised him, or where he learned from, or group activity regarding those things it happened all the way until he was about twelve. And then he met a partner real early, you know. So we can look at our mercurial degree. And I'm ready for that because, um, you know, we can do some demonstrations. If the people, the people should already know, there's constant um, stream of knowledge and consciousness from other shows, and we need to learn how to take more responsibility, I'm going to say, 
for how we negotiate within our relationships um, to choose how we eat and to take care of ourself, which is Aries, so that our emotional wellness and well-being can sustain for the next, uh, today is 15, 16, for the next 10 days while we go into Scorpio, because when we go into Scorpio, it's going to be a whole different ball game. A whole different ball game with the stresses because the stresses are going to come. Mm. Why? Mm. Because the sun goes in the Scorpio. Why? Because Saturn's in Scorpio. What does that mean, Marco? What does that mean? Well, it means that Saturn deals with our stresses. And you can eat wheatgrass every day. But if you're stressed out and you're eating certain kind of food, whether it be mentally or physically, it could disrupt your objectives. So you might have to take more and pay more attention. Marku, let me Marku, let me bring on another one of our daredevils tonight. She's been hanging on for a second, and, and uh, she always has some super valuable information to input. And I gotta get her on. Uh, man, she's a phenomenal young lady herself. She probably is the only female I know that studies harder than you do. You know what I mean? Like she just got books all over the house. She uh, she also does. I think it's the intelligent design or the human design and astrology. Uh, she just always impressed me with her accuracy on just all the way across the board. Y'all, please put y'all hands together for Candy. Now, hello. It's awesome, hey. baby. <laughs> I've gotten spoiled listening to you all, man. My belly is warm. Speaking of the moon in Cancer, and my Venus is in Cancer, and the moon is conjunct my Venus. I'm feeling all warm inside. So I just, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna answer Dr. Nardi's uh, question um, because. Astrology came to me in the form of the farmer's almanac. So I'm connected to astrology through agriculture, and I'm not even a gardener, but (laughs) my grandmother was a gardener. I'm afraid of bugs, ironically, and so when I'm outside, I'm a little paranoid, but I just, that was how I became attached to the idea that farmers were actually using the universe to help them sustain food and life. And I think that African-Americans in particular, because I can't speak for everybody else, have been so far removed from getting their hands dirty, from connecting to the earth, from sustaining their own life. We've moved from the God within to the God without. And so we have gotten away from the fact that we are creators, and I think that that is one of the reasons why we've gotten away from astrology, because we've become so dependent on uh, other process um, knowledge. And again, with the health issue, um, I know for me, even though I was attracted to astrology, I didn't start vigorously studying until around my Saturn return when my moon is square 
my Saturn and my Mercury, which are both conjunct each other. And um, during that time, I was running every day. I was eating right. And during my Saturn return, I had a huge uh, affair with my ego because I was going through a divorce at that time. My youngest was young, and I decided I wanted to just turn around and go to college and do all of these things. And I was completely out of sync with my body. And I was ego-driven, and I was not listening to my body, and my lungs failed me. So um, I began to research the connection between my lungs and my mercury placement and my moon and everything, and all the answers were just right there in the chart. So I began to... uh, get back to nature and do some things that way. But um, to address the Mercury retrograde, um, I've often looked at Mercury as a yin and yang, of course, with it representing Gemini in the yang and representing Virgo in the yin. I always look at Mercury retrograde as more of a, a Virgo energy, of uh, more of a, a critique, because yeah, Virgo tends to um, it tends to humiliate the consciousness. Remember, that's kind of coming off of Leo, you know, and and it asks us to check and recheck. Okay, you're not as together as you may think that you are, so you may need to redo. You may need to focus on the system rather than focusing on, you know what you're trying to get across to everyone else, focus on the inner working of whatever it is that you're doing. That polarity is going to be Pisces. A lot of times, you know, like we said earlier, people look at Mercury retrograde as, as, as negative, but that's a time for some for moving from that thought to the polarity of the spiritual. And um, as you know, Kair, I do evolutionary astrology, so I'm always looking at what the soul is trying to get us to do, which can go back to the mental a lot of the time. And speaking of solutions, I'm just addressing everything. You know, we 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 get so full and we're so emotional and we're so excited about some of the things that we want to share with each other and with the world that we think just because we come up with a solution that we're going to solve a problem, and that's not necessarily the case. We we come up with solutions, but a solution doesn't work unless the people want the solution. So when we and 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 astrology is and I've been challenged a lot of the times when people say you know come up with a solution astrology is a tool and it is not to be like Dr. Nardi said fragmented among other tools it's to be used in conjunction with other tools if we're going to be holistic then we have to be holistic and we can't go to the doctor and say cure me we can't go to the astrologer and say cure me 
We can't go to the herbalist and say, cure me. We have to come together. And we can't force each other to prove this and prove that and prove the other and this is better and that's better. We have to realize that we are one body and that at our best, whatever information we come up with, if we can't get people to realize that they or that God is in them, there's nothing out there. An individual is already living out their chart. They're already resisting where they're going to resist. They're going with the flow wherever they're going to go with the flow. They're already living it out. You just make them aware. And if they don't want to do anything, if they don't want to do the work, which is what we run into a lot, if they don't want to do the work, then it doesn't matter. It's Sounding brass and tinkling cymbals is nothing. It doesn't mean anything. You just know something. So I just wanted to just address all of that that went on and just kind of throw some points out there because I don't want to take up any time because I'm actually enjoying listening. But I just wanted to just make um, people aware that the Mercury retrograde is an excellent time for some spiritual growth and just bring that aspect in there because um, that definitely can help us become more aware of what's going on, you know, rather than looking at it negative, which we haven't had any negative, you know, uh, connotations about Mercury retrograde here. I've been very pleased with everyone's uh, interpretation of it. I just think it's so rich and wonderful. Just glad to be here, and I want to continue to listen as long as I can. Oh, oh! Don't oh, you're not going nowhere, Doctor Nardi. She ain't getting off the hook. She's not going nowhere. I got a question for you. <laughs> no, she ain't. Uh-uh, no, 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 because she over there sounding like she's been. No, but no, but she 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 made a very comprehensive and interesting presentation. Uh, that, that is a good contribution to the to the discussion. Yes. Yeah. She, she even she even said we only work with the willing. She said, that I got correct. a solution. That is correct. Said, that is correct. She said, I, she said, I got a solution, but I can't make you take it. I can't make you take the solution, you know. I, and then if you don't, I got to keep on working for those who are depending on me to come up with a solution who want to work with me in totality. And before I ask her the question I want to ask her, it's really going to be for both of y'all, but I want her to go first. Uh, no, we didn't do any, uh, we didn't have any negative connotations. But I do want to keep it 100 with people. I want to let people know what are some of the things you can watch out for. Forgetfulness and delays. Yesterday I had a, and today I had most of the, and I'm not always mentally astute. I work on it. But, like, I forgot some things yesterday or got, it looked like procrastination, but it just was a delay yesterday from detaching my butt from the seat to go take care of some errands I had to run and I ended up, every place I went yesterday that I had to go was closed. And it was closed because I was late. And I just said, thank you, Mercury, because you're reminding me that I need to do less and be more timely to get someplace, at a, you know, especially if I knew. Like, I knew that there could be delays. So I waited. I had to be somewhere at 4.30, and I tried to get a ride. I mean, I had to be somewhere at 5 o'clock and try to get a ride at 
Well, guess what? I didn't make it there. And then I said, well, there's another place that's open at 6. And I went over there, and they were closed. And I was like, you don't waste all this money getting a ride to go do X, Y, and Z, and you weren't paying attention to the time. And you weren't, and as as uh, as Candy said about it being, you know, I'm a Virgo rising. This is right in my face, you know, that, that particular influence of being – being tactile, being being on time, to me is more of a uh, Virgo. But then I I had to release it to my direct opposite, uh, Candy. When I did, I went to Pisces. When all those places were closed. I normally would have got frustrated because I waited all weekend. I was like, yeah, Monday I got to get this done. I just went mm-hmm. over. And, I, I just went over into Pisces and just relaxed in my North Node. I was just That's like, right. well, I said, well, I'll just chill out and just take this as a lesson. I'm not. I'm going to protect my joy. I ain't going to let nothing just get me all out of fray and just be acting crazy because these places are closed. And then it came back today, and I did get all my errands run, but I forgot my wallet at home, which I never forget my wallet. I got all the way down the road and was getting ready to buy this stuff and needed about $400, and then wallet was at the house. I had to come all the way back home and get my wallet because I was doing moving around. So, um that's not a bad thing or a negative. It just gave me a chance to what? Retrace my steps. I had to re. Remember I said the word retrograde. The first two letters is re. I had to retrace my steps to find my wallet. And then I had to recount my money when I got there because the lady at the counter said, said I gave her one amount and I said I gave her another amount. So these key words is when the influence and these and this is not the last Mercury retrograde and it's not it's not the first one but nobody's even talking about there's mercury is in the only planet that is even in retrograde now neptune is in retrograde and uranus is in retrograde but you don't even hear anything about those even being discussed you know by the media because i feel like the media are media whores they want to find anything with content so you can come and read my blog or look at my information so I can sell you some type of advertisement. So just be careful what you digest, as Marku so eloquently expressed earlier. Be careful what you di- be careful what you digest as far as turmoil, like like horror movies right now. I wouldn't be watching those. I wouldn't be watching those shows that that have domestic violence in it. I don't care if the good guy does win in the end. You know, I would be very protective of. My my mental state, and I like now. I'm gonna lead back to my question to Candy when she said, "You know, here's a here's a period when we can work in the duality of the mental, which is the spiritual, and work on cultivating that." So my question to you, Candy, first, and then Dr. Nardi second. Same question is, do you feel, or how do you feel about cultivation of spiritual practices as an exercise? to improve mental health. What do you feel about that? Because that's not really taught on, you know, in the in the common areas of healing and, and modalities. But since you introduced it, can you speak on that for a second? Then I'm going to go back to Dr. Nardi because some people may say, well, what pill do I take or what herb do I take to make my mental acuity get sharper or stay on point? But now you're introducing and saying spirituality. So could you talk about uh, the the importance of or using that as a strategy, spiritual wellness to improve your mental health? And that's the same question for both of you, but ladies first. 
Um, <clears throat> Gemini also rules the respiratory system along with the nervous system. So when I came to you, Kyrie, I had been talking to you for a while. You know, we'd been going back and forth things. And I remember coming to you saying, you know, I want to master my breath because that was the first thing to go when I was out of sync was my breath triggered by my nervous system. And um, there is nothing that I feel that could have helped me at that time, which we weren't communicating at that time. That was a long time ago. Um, there was nothing physical. There was nothing that I could have done that would have stuck on a medical level. I knew it wasn't. I was in the best health of my life. There were things that I wasn't eating. Uh, The reason why I was attracted to symptometry was because I've never really liked raw food. I've always kind of like uh, that never agreed with me naturally. And um, I took to the that system. I haven't been doing it like I should, of course, I must confess. I think it overrides everything for me. And I have to constantly speak for myself, and it's not from an egotistical standpoint, but it's from a standpoint that I use astrology and spiritual practices for me and whatever, and I study myself and then I observe others, but I just feel like that I'm using my first guinea pig. And there was no, you know, medicine, nothing. It was my mind, and I know it was my mind. It was my ego, and it was my uh, my fear. It was, oh, I, I need to perform. I need to prove. And that goes back into human design. I was operating against my whole design completely, and I needed to mentally and spiritually. I could not. And when you say spiritually, that's another thing that you have to overcome when you're talking to African Americans is the first thing they want to think about is out there. It was nothing out there. It was all inside that I needed to to fix. Human design and astrology teaches that if you live according to your design, you force other people to treat you accordingly and you force other people to live within their design and if they're resisting their design and their energy and their natural flow, they will get away from you and you won't have that interference because you're constantly living in your design. Drive your car. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, Jesus doesn't live because Jesus is living. Jesus is living because the Christ consciousness is in your heart. It's in there, you know. And until we can get people to see that, they're not going to have what we call the discipline or the determination or the consistency and the persistence to even use these solutions 
that we come up with. As a matter of fact, they're going to be repulsed by them. They're going to be amazed. It's easy to wow people and entertain people, but it's also humiliating. When you study like you study and people just want entertainment, it is not fun to do all of the studying and working and talking and slaving over this, which I'm glad I do it for myself first, but it's no fun to do that. And then you get into a group of people who just are looking at you like entertainment. We have to work this. It, it, it won't come alive. Heaven is not heaven unless you make it heaven. Hell is mm-hmm. not hell unless you make it hell. Mm. This will not work unless you make it work. <laughs> and I'm speaking to myself as well. You know, I have Mercury up Saturn. I'm never, you know, satisfied with, you know, something that I have to work on. I always feel like I have to discipline something. I have to work on something. And I'm pretty sure all the astrologers listening have their own opinion about that. But you, but we still have to agree that until we really, really work it, it's just going to be flat. And I think that's why everything just kind of dissipates, why we don't keep things going, why people are interested one minute and the next minute they're not interested. And, you know, I'm excited about all of this, but I want all of us to, to come together and 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 work it. And if anybody if anybody comes in and don't want to work it, you know, they just won't be able to get on. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? At? Uh, it's awesome, baby. This is a dream come true, and the hits just keep on coming. Dr. Nardi, what do you think about my daredevils tonight? I just want to hear you talk about my daredevils for a second. I know we're talking about mental health, but how, how would you grade the, the uh, mental health level of the daredevils that I've assembled tonight? What do you think? You, remember I was nervous well, at the beginning of the show? No, no. You, well, you have a right to be nervous because if you did not know what the outcome was going to be, you have you had a right to be nervous, but uh, everything is turning out fine. So this means that, uh, well, uh, if it, even though you went into the field not knowing what to expect, the expectations are now bigger than your imagination. So that is good. <laughs> so you are a risk taker. You are a risk. You are a risk taker, and you beat the odds. So that's excellent. <laughs> yeah, and I want to say two big shouts out to me. This is my two-year anniversary for not smoking no marijuana at all. Thanks to Dr. Nardi and Symptometry. That's right, baby. That's right. right. Ain't talking down to the people who do smoke weed. I don't smoke. I was right there with you. I'm just saying, for me, it feels good. And now I'm even helping somebody uh, who's trying to stop smoking. And they've been four days. They've been four days not smoking. They said it's been 18 years. And this is the first time they've ever went four days without smoking, and they had all types of stuff going on. But even other things in their life started turning around for them in this four days. Like more, uh, they've seen prosperity, they've seen job offers. Like in just four days of sacrificing, um, they have seen a big turnaround. So I want to give a big shout out to that person right there, too. 
getting on the path of sobriety and them picking a picking a mercury retrograde period to say I'm going to sacrifice to me you're sending a very strong signal to the universe when mm-hmm. mercury goes direct that it's going cuz it's 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 looking and saying yo if if I'm watching you make these sacrifices in the roughest of times when I smooth out, I'm going to remember your effort, and I'm going to assist you in so many ways, like Dr. Nardi said, being a risk taker, being a daredevil, being a chance taker, uh, there's going to be a reward, and especially on the spiritual level, because I have seen so much development um, of my own personal cognitive levels and my own spiritual development levels since I haven't been smoking, you know, just, it's been amazing, like it's Hard, like Dr. Weining said earlier, hard to quantify in words, uh, but, no, I wouldn't go back. Now, I have, I ain't going to front now, I have messed around and ate a brownie, you know, that had some, uh, that, that they had used the, um, used the ghee, they used the butter to make the brownies, Dr. Nardi, but it wasn't like I was, like, seeking it out. It was just, I like brownies, but, you know, I wasn't supposed to be eating no chocolate no way, but, you know, I was just indulging in a little poison to find out what happens, and I did find <laughs> out, so. But no, no, nothing, no inhaling, no smoke to my lips now in two years straight, 24 months. And I don't miss it at all. So I definitely appreciate Kyrie. it. Yes, ma'am. Kyrie. That's that's excellent. That's good. Aww. You know, um, you said something I just want to address when you said, when you do something in Mercury retrograde, you know, because everybody says, you know, don't start a diet, don't start a project, don't start. Okay, now, when you did that, you did send a strong message. All of these systems and things, you know, when man is born, man is is born with the the illusion when they come out, that they are being separated from God and our whole existence while we are here and everything we do is to get back into connection with God. It, that, that's that whole thing. You know, our astrology, getting back in connection with God, eating right, getting back in connection with God, working out, getting back. We're trying to get back in connection with the source, plug in. But when we actually decide that no matter what the season is, connect with the source regardless, regardless of the Your phone is going in and out. Once you decide and you have that determination, and you connect to the source, you don't even need any of the systems. These are tools. They're not salvation. So when you said that, it just, that was a testimony. That was a testimony. Mm, Well, absolutely. Thank you. Right. And, and, And now some things, I need a little pressure to, you know, like I said, it when I make that commitment, 
Now, I don't necessarily want to start a relationship under a Mercury retrograde. And I don't want to start a business contract. You know, it, I mean, it. I'm going to have to look at it in totality. But it no, was, I'm not saying throw it away completely. I'm not saying that. But right. we are, we are more powerful than our circumstances. It, it may even be harder. This is this is so that you can navigate through things easier, so you can actually go with the flow. But sometimes that's not always practical. If somebody <laughs> say you have to start a job on October the 13th and you look on the calendar or you look at your chart and you see where Saturn is in opposition or in MAGA astrology, you may have a Jupiter-Saturn clash, but you don't have a job. Start your job. You may have to burn some candles. You may have to go into prayer. You may have to fast. You may have to push through in other areas. That's why I said utilizing all of our tools so that when it's not practical to go with exactly the time that we are still able to have other alternatives to pushing through some of the blockages that we actually run into. That is not being fragmented, like Dr. Nardi said. That's being holistic because one thing is not practical. We have to use all of it. Mm. I call it the hybrid system. Any 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 real master... You know, just like listening to people, everybody, they can, you can tell that we're all a fabric, you know, on our search back to God. Dr. Nardi said he's a problem solver. To me, I interpret that as I'm a, he's a get back to Godder. He's trying to get back yeah. to God through, through, through solving his problems. When you said yeah. that yours was dealing with the breath and you had to go with different things with releasing anxiety and, you know, these particular challenges we chose for our soul development. And you even said that, like, and then you get down to what is it that my soul needs? What is it that my soul is asking? You sounded just like a you sounded like an old school Rosicrucian. Because in the because in, in the in the Rosicrucian order, it's all about the great work. The great work. I want for for you, anybody listening, but this for you specifically since you said that and whoever's still on the line. I want you to go to uh, soul, S-O-U-L dot O-R-G, S-O-U-L dot O-R-G, soul dot org, and they got an address on there. They're in Quakerstown, Pennsylvania. You have to send them a handwritten letter. They don't want to take it by email, but just get you a stamp, and on a piece of paper, it could be a half a piece of paper, say, uh, please send me the free information package on the School of Soul Science and the Eighth Priesthood. The School of Soul Science and the Eighth Priesthood. And the Eighth is an A attached to an E and then a small T-H. So it's not E-I-G-T-H. It's an A, a capital A, a capital E, and then a small T-H. And But you'll see it when you get to the site. Like Just review the site and just go over that a little bit. But they're going to send you like a massive amount of stuff for free. I'm not, it's about 14 pages, but it describes in very deep, much detail how we have to use these tools to develop our soul. And even though a lot of people listen to symptometry and they say, 
oh, y'all just coming from the angle of just what foods to eat and the safest consumables. You know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this show tonight, too, because there's such a plethora of quantum physics and metaphysics and um, all type of spiritual dynamics that also exist in symptometry. And uh, like you said earlier, or like Dana said, it's a safe space for me to come and be myself. Like Dr. Nardi has never ridiculed me and be like, see, boy, you got to stop doing that astrology mess. And you got to come over here. And you only can focus on this. No, he right. said that he said we will never run out of assignments. Didn't you say that, Dr. Nardi? We ain't going to never run out of assignments for like the That's correct. That's correct. And even, and, even, and even today I give I give assignments to 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 astrologers so that uh, they keep working so that for the next uh, 40 years they have they have they have a project you know they, they, they have a project to do well the one that you gave out today now i'm not bragging dr nardi but uh i already got that i got that like my that's my program called moon magic it's called moon magic 28 <laughs> uh, dot info and if anybody's interested uh you can go to www dot moon magic 28 and you get to pick two goals per month and what happens is every 28 every every 28 days you get to start to uh create your a pattern and you get to see like every three and a half to four days where is the moon at the moon is in a different phase now and it's emitting different energy and i'm feeling differently there's a see dr nardi said the full moon and the tapeworms and why does she get schizophrenic? Well, what about on the new moon when everybody's feeling depressed? You ain't schizophrenic and she ain't having no uh, psychotic episode, but she's depressed and she's crying and she's feeling lethargic it's because there's a there's a direct correlation to the new moon, which happened 14 That's days That's be, uh, before. And so I have developed a system I've been working this system myself for uh, five years, and I'm not going to say I've developed a manner in which I teach it so people can understand it. It's not my system. I I didn't originate it. It's come out. It's been out for a long time, but people like my rhythm and the way I explain it to them about being able to use prepaid cards. So I look at it as the moon goes through eight cycles, so you got eight prepaid cards. And you got money on this one card for three and a half to four days, but you have to know what to spend it on. Well, in life, you got eight different energies that you need to spend it on anyway. When you look in the uh, I Ching, you see the eight guas. When you look at the meridian system that Dr. Uh, Dr. Abbott is very proficient in, um, you look at all these 300 and so-and-so meridians connected to, connected to uh, 200, connected to 100, connected to 64, it goes all the way down to what they call the eight strange flows, the eight psychic channels. Now, do you think it's a coincidence that every person on planet Earth has eight main psychic channels that all of their nerve endings and meridians are connected to, and then the moon has eight phases that it goes goes around even before mankind? It predates the cycle of the moon, predates the humans being on the planet. Humans didn't get here first and then the moon showed up. The moon was already here going around the planet doing its thing. That's why I say we need to learn when when the creator or the megaforce gave us free will, we are the most disobedient creatures on this planet. In really exactly. In this, exactly. In this, 
in this section of in this section of this particular galaxy that we stay in, which is very small, but that's why we need to be looking to the heavens to include them in our totality because the planets are obedient. They are they are very predictable. They're saying, look, I'm going to take this long to go this far, and then I'm going to move in this direction, and then I'm going to be over here for this amount of time. Why don't you humans line up with me, and you won't have to suffer so much? And then we human beings say, who are you talking to like that? And the parasites be like, don't listen to him. Don't listen to Dr. No, don't listen to him. Who are we talking to? Oh, no. Because the parasite trying to live too, but the parasite not trying to live in an, in an orderly system. But the parasite was born from the disorder and the chaos. And, that's in, and the parasite is a part of our test and a part of the soul evolution that we must go through. But yes, I do want to go back and say, I stand behind that statement 1,000%. Human beings are the most disobedient and unruly people in this section of the universe. Now, that's, that's, I'm going to have to give myself a, a whole, uh, it's awesome, baby. It's awesome, baby! We just don't want to do right. I mean, some of us want to do right. But anyway, that's a whole nother. I could do a whole show called Y'all Won't Do Right. But that ain't, that ain't, that ain't tonight's show. Um, I have thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed myself tonight. Woo! Like I'm pumped right now. And I still got homework to do. I still have to get out of here. I'm team vampire. So that means I stay up really late. Dr. Nardi getting ready to go to bed. I don't know what Candy getting ready to do. I'm probably getting ready to call her and catch a guy and talk to her about something. But I still got homework to do for my own soul development. And Moon Magic starts tomorrow. My Moon Magic program starts tomorrow. It lasts 28 days. I am so happy with my team of people. And this month, Dr. Nardi and Candy, guess what one of the themes that I'm going to be working on and I'm starting it tomorrow right in the middle of this Mercury retrograde. Do either one of y'all want to guess what I'm going to be talking about, what, what, like what I'm going to help my team with this month, what what the theme is going to be? No. What is it? No drifting. See, <laughs> see drifting, drifting is the opposite of concentration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can concentrate, which is what Mercury retrograde wants you to do, the Venus, I mean the Virgo and the Gemini, if someone would just come out right now, which is me, and say, hey, I have a course on concentration. Because the opposite of concentration is drifting. Dr. Nardi got one thing in the left hand, one thing in the right hand. He got one thing in, he got four different Petri dishes out. He's trying to talk on the cell phone. He's trying to answer the email. He's trying to look at the text message all at the same time. And then he's trying to blow kisses to his wife. You ain't concentrating. You're drifting. And then at the end of the day, you ain't got nothing done for yourself or mankind. Well, this season, this session of Moon Magic, we're going to be using uh, Napoleon Hill's text called Outwitting the Devil. And look at the word wit. Wit is a mercurial word, and to outwit, and the devil is just distraction. But in this text, the devil or <laughs> or negative energy says he controls 98% of the population on planet Earth, Candy, because people are drifters, and they do yep. not 
to concentrate. So that's going to be the theme. We're going to focus on getting centered during this Mercury retrograde and for your life, for your life. Like I got a little advantage because I do this all the time. I was born under the influence of Mercury retrograde, but um, I, I am very encouraged and happy with the way things are going right now. Uh, the sun is in my second house, transit in my second house. I'm talking in astrological code right now to Candy, so I'm really feeling myself. For you, Dr. Nardi, remember, October is the preview month for next year. October is the preview month for next year. See, Dr. Nardi's always working on something. I ain't going to tell all his business, but he always got something in the cut. He got another book he's trying to finish. He got another course he's evaluating. He got another discovery. He ain't going to tell you, but I'm going to tell him October is your preview month. So the revelations that you get in October, Dr. Nardi, don't be discouraged if they don't come to fruition in November and December and January. December, okay. and, December and January, the earth gets cold. The earth gets cold. The only thing that grows in the wintertime is garlic. The opposite of the cold earth and the frozen earth is a receptive universe. The heavens are fertile at this time, from December 21st to February the 5th. So what you're doing right now is you're looking at your architectural layout for what you want to come into fruition around your birthday in 2015. See, my theme, Candy, this year is vision over sight. I want to be cultivate my vision more than what I'm just looking at the sight that's in front of me. So maybe even a blind person could follow that. You know, what is a person's vision and to get in tune with that. And so when you see some magnificent things happening in October, just know that they're going to be exponentially expounded upon next year. Now, here's my warning. For those of you who got a negative attitude right now, and you don't, and, and, and you feel like crap, and you're talking bad about people, and you're feeling really pessimistic, you need to change your environment and the people you hang around. You better get some new friends. You better start protecting your joy at all costs. Because if you're battling depression right now, or if it's looking bad right now, woo, it's going to be looking real bad in June or next year. And I'm not wishing that on you. I'm just telling you the science. How can you avoid it? Change your environment. Change your diet. Not just the food that you're eating, but the people that you're listening to, the, the things that you're intaking. Like, listen to listen to something else. Like, turn off that crazy music that don't give you good feelings. Put on some, uh, some earth, wind, and fire. Put some classical music on and balance the brain out. I'm listening to classical music like every day around my house. Classical music. Just balance out both hemispheres of the brain. You want to call that cheating? I call it being an opportunist. This is a you got to be an opportunist around here, Doctor Nardi. When I see things, when I say it's an opportunity, I jump on it. Ah, give me that, give me that. But you have to have you have to have vision over sight. So uh, that's my words of encouragement. Candy, give me some words. Give me give me and Doctor Nardi and the listeners uh, thirty seconds worth of something that we that we can do. You know what I'm saying? To help increase our mental health, 
while we make the most out of this Mercury retrograde. Give us some parting words. You know, you don't say a lot of brilliant things tonight, but give us something in a nutshell, you know, maybe that you haven't said so that can, um, you know, that I can put in my toolbox to use on a, you know, bringing this fragmented thing together into a whole piece. Um, you really have a lot of good uh, advice when it comes to that. On a spiritual note, um, the only thing I can really suggest is light a candle and look at it. <laughs> look at that flame for as long as you can, but if it's nothing but five minutes, you know, light an incense, you know, change your atmosphere. That's a, the quickest way I change my atmosphere is to light a simple incense, um, light a candle, sit there and look at it, even play around with some divination tools just to see if you can even get some, you know, uh, uh, some strength. Strengthening your intuition um, is really good, especially during Mercury retrograde. Um, Strengthening those intuitive senses, not telling anybody anything, not asking anybody anything, but just sitting with yourself to see what those inner messages are. I think those are the best. That's the best thing I can uh, suggest at this time. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> She said, Dr. Narda, did you hear that? She was like, well, I ain't really got nothing to say. And then she went metaphysical on us. She said, yeah, go ahead. Let me take it. She said, take it to the next, she said, take it to the next level. You know. And that's why I keep her in my circle all the time. I I pray for that young lady, even when she don't even know I'm sending ether, ether, or something out there to the ethers on her. Because I want her to have the best. She got to stick around. Ain't none of y'all going nowhere. And I need all of y'all to see at least 120. Tell them, Dr. Nardi, we got long, we got long range plans. Pull me out. Absolutely. Dr. Nardi, come on, give me some closing thoughts on uh, mental health, what you might have learned, if you picked up anything from Mercury Retrograde or, you know, what you may have taken from this tonight or what you want to, to leave people with. Uh, what I would like to leave people with is um, something very simple. Connectivity. That is what I want to. I want to leave people on this note of connectivity. People, you say you you put it right when you said that we are the most disobedient. I will go a step further by saying that we have lost our way. People have lost their way, and they are wandering in the wilderness endlessly going in circles and circles and circles. It is time for all this to stop. When you look at, when you examine the cell, when you examine the human body, you see that the creator is right there. You talk about force. The heart pumps blood. It uses force to pump blood. And where does force come from? It comes from vibrations. Vibrations come from what? Come from atoms. And atoms are packed with energy. We are going back to energy. You want to know yourself? Go back and study yourself. 
And you will see that if you don't make a connection with the mega force that gave rise to the small force that, keep, that keeps uh, pumping blood into the veins and the arteries, you are lost. I'm explaining why mankind is lost. And each time we strive to regain our bearing, it is another struggle, another struggle, another struggle. Let's keep focused on the ultimate. And this is how I managed to create symptometry. This is how I managed to create symptometry. People say, oh, how come you alone, you, you had this idea? Well, you have to know how to be in sync with your creator. You have to know how to do it. You talk about the planets. Yes. The planets have a role to play. I always talk about the gas planets. The gas planets. The gas planets. There is a reason for this connection and this for, for, for this connection to the gas planets. So now that the cell is front and center of human endeavor from now and forever, and it will never change because symptomatic will be here for the next 10,000 years, mankind will have a lot to benefit from all these endeavors also. And astrology, we have to do our best to make sure that astrology is back again. There must be a syllabus for astrology. Mm. There must be a syllabus for astrology. I knew why I said it when I when I said, oh, the University of Timbuktu, what happened? Why is there the black people? And so on and so forth. I knew what I was saying. And if you trace the history, of mankind back to the cradle of human civilization in Africa, you will know that greatness is yet to come again because greatness runs in cycles. Thank you. Bong, bong. Greatness runs in cycles. Somebody raised their hand at the last minute. You know, this happens all the time. You got about one minute before the show jumps off. Call her from the 337-251. Your mic is wide open. Hello? Hello? Call her from the 337. Did you press one accident? Yeah, that was an accident. I just heard. I didn't press anything. All I heard was you are now in the whole queue. And I was like, I didn't press nothing. I was... This is Naima, by the way. I don't know what happened, but great show. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you for holding on to the end. Thank you. Well, we didn't get to your oh, bipolar no. question. I apologize. So, uh, Dr. Nardi, we're going to cover bipolar in two weeks. Okay, you ready? Oh, well.